to episode two of uh, our Secret Empire minicast, which is part of uh, That's the Issue, our podcast uh, that uh, is by hosted by myself, Matt Loon, and my co-host, uh, Wes Messer. Wes, how are you tonight? I'm not too bad, Matt. How are you doing today? I'm good. I keep saying tonight because that's the that's the usual thing. Yeah, this actual is actually, it's, it's yeah, morning on my end, it's, 10, it's, 10, it's past 10 a.m. on my end, and it's 3 p.m. on your end. Yeah, and it's uh, we're recording. I don't know when I'm going to post this up. Hopefully soon, but it's uh, it's the Sunday after Free Comic Book Day, um, which yep. is um, which is relevant to our interests. This being the Secret Empire minicast, which we'll get to. Uh, but first things first, how was your Free Comic Book Day? Surprisingly, pretty good. I actually went to a. I there. I actually have two shops in my area that I that I frequent, and mm-hmm. there's my main shop is Nostalgia Inc. And there's another shop that's actually a little closer to me, uh, Future Great Comics. And I ended up in Future Great Comics uh, yesterday before their free comic day. And that dude put on a pretty dang good free comic book day. I have to say, he, he cool. had, there, was a limit to five, there was a limit to five books. I, yeah. both, I, both stores I go to do do limit to five books. I went mm-hmm. to one that had a limit of two books at one point, though. That was... Oh, limit of two, that seems a bit... Um... Well, it, I don't know their I don't know their practices. Obviously, they there might be a smaller store, I suppose. But no, actually, it was a bigger the the one I, I went to one store that was a bigger store that only had a limit of two books. Oh no way! So that's too, yeah, that's it wasn't that was interesting. But so but the stores that I go to now they both have limits of five books, but mm. but the but they but it's not bad. It's pretty easy to work with and there. But it was, the, the guy was really cool. It was fun. It was his first free comic book day that I went to. So he said, hey guys, can I get a, and then we had a small line in front of the stores. So we were like, hey guys, you want to take a picture? So, <laughs> took a picture of us, put it on his Facebook, and then we got in the store, I took a picture of people looking at other free comic books. He actually had a nice little table spread of all the free comic books people can take a look at. And he had like a small little sale going on. Uh, 10% off, 10% off every like all your ten percent off everything and and because uh, he's like I said a smaller store so he's still getting himself established in the area but yeah. he also did like buy two trade paperbacks get one free I couldn't really find anything I was hunting for trade paperback wise but I did buy a few little books from his from his I tried out like the Catalyst Comics books I haven't gotten a chance to read those yet but I did read the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy book that came out that okay, came out this the... week the free comic day for that that was really fun oh, okay. by the way. That was well, that book's really good. Defenders in the back as well, isn't it? What is it? Has that got defenders in the back as well? Yes, that defenders. That looks good. Oh man, that looks really yeah, good. I, I, I was like, whoa, this looks good. Dang, I might be able to check out the defenders now because, like, all new Guardians of the Galaxy. I actually read the first issue of that this week, and I really dug it. Yeah, I read that as well. That was really cool. Dang, I. It's going to be bi-weekly, but Dave, it's going to be probably worth it because I really dig what they're... I kind of dig the, the direction that uh, Gary Duggan's going with this. 
Mm. And uh, yeah, it's it, the first. Um, it's the first bi-weekly, not the first ever, but the first bi-weekly of the kind of all new, all new Marvel direction, isn't uh, it? Right? X Men, X Men bi-weekly. Uh, X Men as well. Uh, okay, yeah. Gold and uh, blue are are bi-weekly. Oh, man. I, I might, if I'm missing one, don't hesitate to correct me. But I know gold and blue are uh, bi-weekly. Right. Okay. So they they must be alternate weeks then. In which case, you get an X Men book every week, which is uh, yeah, that's crazy. It, it's crazy, but it's. But yeah, those were pretty fun, and and of course I read the Secret Empire bit with the we'll we'll save that for the Secret, Secret Empire. But the uh, <laughs> the Chip Zdarsky, um Spectacular Spider Man, yeah, Peter Parker that, Spectacular Spider Man, which is in the back, that was great that was, as well. That was great. That was really, really fun. Was. Yeah, it's obviously its mission statement seems to be uh, yeah, let's get Spider Man back to the streets, back on new, back into New York, and doing that kind of thing. And it was really good. And obviously he's fighting the Vulture, which is kind of tying into the new movie that's coming out um, but really really enjoyed that like I, I like Chip Zdarsky anyway I like his kind of spirit of fun um, and his humour that he's got and he does get Peter Parker's humour really well mm-hmm. and it's like um, I should have and the other company has a trademark Spider-Man like I'm losing <laughs> yeah. royalties on them I'm like oh that's great That that's yeah, brilliant that's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah and um, yeah that was fun I, I enjoyed that my uh, free comic book day experience was good. Um, I went to um, Nostalgia and Comics in Birmingham, um, which is um, the it's the biggest comic shop in Birmingham. It's the it's my essentially my local comic shop, even though I'm still kind of uh, I think I'm about 17 miles away from it. Um, but um, yeah, it's 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 been my go-to comic shop since I was a kid, basically. And it's oh, cool. um, it is it is owned by Forbidden Planet, which is the kind of the big UK. Um, UK chain of um, kind of geek merchandise and comic book shops, um, but it has got a very kind of local feel. That the staff in there are awesome. Um, they always put on a great show for, uh, for free comic book day. I couldn't um, I couldn't get down there as early as I wanted to, so I got there about two three. Um, so mm-hmm. there wasn't much of a selection left. Thankfully, there was Secret Empire. Uh, well, I say thankfully, but you know, as soon as we're going to be talking about it, um, yeah. it was good that they did have some of those left. Um, and I picked up a couple of others. I picked up the Wonder Woman one, which was left over. I picked up um, Dragon Ball, uh, not Dragon Ball, um, yeah, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Super, not Dragon Ball Z. Um, and then like whatever else was left. They limit to four books a person, which I think is a bit more reasonable. Yeah. Um, and I normally, I normally go with my wife because she likes reading the free comic book day ones as well. And we normally end up getting like kind of four each, so we've got a bit more to play with. Um, but uh, I went on my own this time because uh, I also uh, went to. The cinema to watch the Guardians, which yes, I know you did as well. Which I want to talk about that later as well, but we'll put a pin mm. in that for now. But that was uh, that was very cool. Um, but yeah, like I had a, had a had a good day. They had loads of cakes there. They had loads of you know loads of people uh, in cosplay early in the morning. I think um, from what I gather. Um, so yeah, that, they looked like they had a great time, and um, I had a very good day as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, so. There's a lot to talk about uh, with Secret Empire uh, coming out. It's coming coming thick and fast now, and I know oh, yeah. that. Uh, I think we got quite not quite early, but I think we were quite on the on the earlier side of the kind of discussion when it comes to um, Secret Empire um, Zero mm-hmm. uh, and the kind of the opening salvo. So if you haven't listened to our previous episode, uh, that's where we cover the opening salvo of Secret Empire, which is a few kind of mini tie-ins that lead up to uh, the main event. And the Secret Empire issue zero, which came out, 
Um, so go back and listen to that. Uh, thank you very much to those who have listened so far. Thank you uh, to everyone who's engaged with us, who's retweeted, mm-hmm. who's liked, subscribed. It uh, really means a lot to us. Um, we don't um, we don't have a grand reach when it comes to um, people uh, on Facebook and Twitter and that, but uh, it does really mean a lot. Uh, and we also it got, does. Um, yeah, it does, doesn't it? It really does. Um, it's got, cool. We got an email as well uh, from um, a, a fan of our first episode. Um, I think, let's see if I can find it now. Um, it was uh, Jose Cardenas. Um, apologies if I'm not saying your name right. Um, but uh, thank you for emailing in. Uh, really appreciate that. Yeah, hang on. Let me uh, link his. He actually, he actually follows, I think he follows both of us on Twitter. Let me. Uh... Oh, okay. Give him a Twitter yeah. shout out really fast. Let me. I had to hunt that. Sorry, Jose. I forgot your your Twitter your Twitter handle off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, okay. It's no. Hang on. Me. I want to make sure. Well, let's see. It is at No Way Jose Carden. Nice. If you want to follow on Twitter, give him a follow. Really fun follow. Yeah. Cool dude. Very. I actually met him through uh, my other. Another, well, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I actually met him through another buddy of mine, uh, uh, P. Hen. Hang on, let me make sure. I always like to make sure it's Twitter hand. I get it, but P. Henry nineteen ninety one. I actually met him through him, and really cool dudes. I, which this actually leads into another bit that pops up later in our podcast involving Secret Empire. Well, yes. So, yeah. but we'll we'll save that. <laughs> we'll save. <laughs> we'll save that for now. Yeah, we'll, we'll we're putting in lots of pins and things, but you know we we are method to our madness. It is it is working. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about Twitter handles, do your comic shops have any Twitter handles that you want to shout? Uh, Nost- let me see. Nostalgia Inc. doesn't really use their Twitter that much, but it is. Hang on. While you're searching, I have to, Mark, I have to look it up. I think it's a little bit. For, um, I have to look up. Comic shop in Birmingham is um, at Nostalgia Comics, uh, and they always share great pictures. They've always got great opinions uh, and great people there. So give them a follow um, and give them a shout out as well. Oh, cool! And um, mine is uh, and there and the Nostalgia Inc is at Nostalgia Inc. And and um, and the other one, it, my future great doesn't have a Twitter, as far as I know yet. Okay. You can't follow them on Facebook though. Shop. Yeah, the Future Great Comic is on Facebook, and um, Future Great Comics is on Facebook right now. And cool. he's a, the owners are like the both owners are really cool. Then both the all the the owners at, of the stores there's like two owners at Nostalgia Inc. Uh, Tom and Kevin, and the other guy is Brian that runs Future Great. All three are really cool dudes, and mm-hmm. and I really and I like all both shops pretty equally. So. Yeah, that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, definitely give them a look because they're all really cool people. And what area is that in? Uh, Nostalgia oh, Inc. is it's kind of weird. They're like they're like set up in Westchester. They're kind of like in that. They're like they're the way Ohio is set up. It parts of Ohio are really set up. Just like in like Butler County is really weird, but it's kind of like on that Westchester Mason sort of border thing. So. They're, they're, I think they're. I think they're under Mason Postmark, if I remember correctly. If I'm wrong, don't hesitate to correct me. But I think, but they're they're around that area, and they're like in they're like in a weird like mall where you have to go down a hill, and then you'll find them. And they're all, they're also right next to a kitty cat cafe. A kitty cat cafe. Yep, kitty What's brew the... cafe. 
where there where people can go in and they get coffee, tea, whatever, and then you can also in the next room you can go play with kitty cats. Amazing. That yeah, they, they two of my great loves. Yep, they have they have like two. It's it's sort of like and it's inspired by the Japanese cat cafes, but yeah, yeah, they're in. And the future gray is on the main is on Main Street of Hamilton, Ohio. It's like, and it's very it's like kind of like way as like sort of like part of the revitalization of that area. And his store is a it's a really like it's kind of like it's interesting. It's like Nostalgia Inc has a really nice little feel, and they kind of like they're both they're both shops are comics and game shops. Future Grade is as another comics and game shop, and like they're both they're like Nostalgia Inc like they're both very interesting and unique in their own ways. Like, Future Grade's kind of like a smaller shop, and Nostalgia Inc. is about, about a good medium size, medium to close to large size, but very, but they make good use, both shops make good use of their space. And, cool. and it's, so yeah, I really, like I said, I've kind of like, I've so yeah, they're both really cool shops, and they're, like I said, I don't, I get a kick out of plugging them, so, because yeah, they're yeah. both shops that, it gets, Comic shops deserve love, and also, if you went to your free comic book day, I hope you all, I hope you all at least bought something, because yeah. those free comic books, they pay for those. You and literally took the words out of my mouth. That was exactly what I was going to say. Like, they comic shops always need love, especially you know, um, in the current current climate with things uh, things as they are, um, for you know, retailers everywhere feeling the pinch. But I think comic shops. Uh, especially, you know, the they, the hard work they put in, and free comic book day is a big boom for a lot of them. Um, in an, in a time of the year when there's not usually that kind of boom, um, but as Wes said, they put they they buy those issues themselves. You know, they they're not free for everyone. They mm-hmm. they cost them. They cost the shop money. Add on to that the the you know extra staff they have to probably have to bring in add to that the the extra effort they go into like my shop made cakes and they had like kind of things for kids and oh cool they had competitions running i'm sure and stuff like that so it's really nice to to kind of they make that extra effort but it it all comes with a cost you know yeah Uh, whether it's whether it's actually money or whether it's time or effort so um you know i i went and i bought i ended up buying the the hardcover deluxe edition of black science volume one which um i was not expecting to spend that amount of money um but i saw it i loved it i was going to buy the the nostalgia and comics do three for two on all their manga nice and that's that's all the time so like that's the only shop i'll go to to get manga it's it's amazing for that and um i found issue uh, volumes two and three of pluto that i wanted to get um, but there was no other kind of books. A lot of them, obviously, the volume ones sell out pretty quickly. So a couple of the other series that I wanted to try, they didn't have volume one in stock. So I was a little bit like, I, I didn't really want to just get two. I wanted to get a third one as well. Um, so I ended up going with the Black Science hardcover, which um, is stunning. And it looks great on the shelf, which is half half of the thing for me. They have to look nice on the on the bookshelf, you know. Heck yeah. That, that, and that, and you, I saw your picture you took of it. I'm like, oh my lord, that's pretty. That's yeah, so that really, really dude. Really yeah, um, so really good. Um, but anyway, yes. Yeah, so um, we were kind of um, on the forefront of the Secret Empire coverage when we first uh, did our first cast. Um, so since then, there's been quite a lot of uh, news. People have been kind of uh, jumping into things. Uh, a lot of news has come out officially and unofficially from Marvel uh, that we can talk about as well. So, uh, and I also know that uh, there's going to be. Uh, three. There's going to be two more issues of the the main Secret Empire story coming out this month, uh, the month of May. 
Man. Um, and then obviously, you know, with all the times and everything as well, I think me and you are going to be pretty busy when it comes to this podcast. Um, but yeah, we uh, are. I we could, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to be. Our live is going to be like it's like so. Matt, how much Secret Empire have we read this week? We think we've set a new record. Yeah. We're, we're like we're our we, our lives are going to be slightly absorbed by Secret Empire. I actually call I actually gave this cast a nickname the cast I was expecting to get yelled at for, but instead it it's had the exact opposite. I thought, oh, we're not getting yelled at. That's cool. <laughs> We've had quite a few people like reach out to us and, and just give like good you know good great feedback to us and great kind of like compliments about the show. I'm um, very happy. Say, you know, retweeted and everything, and it's it's really cool. Like the com- the comics community is awesome, can be awesome. It, it can, can be, be ugly, awesome, but it can also be really awesome as well. Um, but um, we'll cover a bit. Like what I'm going to try and do with each of these episodes is do a bit of news first, uh, go through that, and then uh, cover any other business that we've got, uh, and then we'll dive into reviews. Um, last week or last time we covered, uh, as I say, the opening salvo, Secret Empire issue zero. This time, this issue, this episode, we're going to be talking about the free comic book day um, issue of Secret Empire, and we're going to be covering Secret Empire issue one of the main series as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't read any of those uh, yet. Um, Go back and read those if you don't want to be spoiled on them. Uh, we're exactly. going to be diving into every single aspect of them, so we're going to be spoiling the hell out of them. So, yep. um, you 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 have been warned, but um, you know we'll be coming to those a little later in the show. Um, in the meantime, uh, there's a couple of things that we need to uh, comment on. Um, Marvel released a statement uh, via ABC News, uh, which is obviously another affiliate of Disney, um, mm-hmm. so they're both kind of in that in the in the same kind of um, stable. Um, oh blimey! Oh no, it's got one of those live live video things. Sorry, live video things. Apologies, uh, but yeah. So um, they released a statement, which the summary of which is essentially: be patient and read the whole um, read the whole story before you cast your opinion. Um, and that's that's an opinion that a lot of creators, you know, spew a lot of the time uh, about these. Um, about these events, about controversial books in particular. Um, I remember them saying that a lot about the Spider-Man controversies, like the brand new day or one more day. Yeah, read the whole thing. Read the whole. I thing. Remember that? Yeah. Like, what's your opinion on that kind of um, that Ooh. kind of statement, first and foremost? Oh lordy, lordy. Yeah, I I sorry. I think if I seen, I've been saying oh lordy a lot because that seems to be my main response to a lot. Of this is oh lordy, is <laughs> every time a new. Secret Empire thing comes out, I'm like, oh lordy, and, but, my thing on this is, one, yes, with Secret M, like, Marvel's having to do this, because they did it through ABC News, and then, and then also, uh, EW had to put a thing, Entertainment Weekly, which is also owned by Disney, uh, pretty much also did a, did a similar story, basically put up that day, wait for it to over, da 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 and I'm like, yeah, they're using those Disney connections fast to make sure, please stay patient, and it's like, they don't, most companies don't have to do this this often, but for Secret Empire, Marvel kind of like got put in a situation where like, please hang in there, please, please hang in there, and I, I can see why Marvel did it, because they want, they kind of wanted to call, like, soothe the minds of fans and 
I get that. I really do because I I actually can see why. Because the way Secret Empire is, Mar- Marvel is in a no win situation. They're they're in this. They are in this event. They are deep in it. So they just have to go hang in there, do it. And I'm like, yeah, I I, I can see why. I mean, is it sad that it's come to this point? Yes, but it's like, well, screw it. This is probably the best. This is probably honestly one of the better bits of PR Marvel's had involving this event is just hang in there. I'm like, yeah, that's all you can do because they're in it. um, There is that element to it as well, which is the idea of, you know, um, shining a spotlight on the controversy is potentially opening up a... um, uh, an avenue of, of advertising or that they that they didn't have before, you know. So because it, it, if it's on ABC News, it's on Entertainment Weekly. There's thousands and thousands of people that don't read comics that go to those websites. So if they look at this and see, oh, what's this? What's this controversy about? You know, well, what, why is it so controversial? They're more likely to dive in to to read these comics, you know, because people yeah, exactly, you know, better or worse, people like to be part of the the scandal or the controversy. They like to know what's going on. So, you know, on the other on the flip side of it is, you know, yes, they're saying, um, you know, their exact words are, um, we hear your concerns about aligning Captain America with Hydra, and we politely ask you to allow the story to unfold before coming to any conclusion. So, but having this as a story. Um, is is kind of is putting a spotlight on a controversy and also you know a, a, a good bit of advertising you know any any news is good news kind of thing in that kind of spirit yeah and i think that's the thing we have to deal with this is the way marvel's having to handle this is that yeah it's just yep they're just saying it's folly and the thing is yeah there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to probably check this out because they saw that story and went huh what is this and They'll go and they'll go find a comic shop or go on Comicsology and go, hey, let's let's go take 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 a look at this comic and see what happens. But and, but it's like right, but right now it's like people are like, huh? I think people are just very much. There's either and also there's another group of people, the Secret Empire, that read this stuff and decide, you know what? I'll wait for whenever this gets collected, too, mm. and waiting for us like kind of like all the shuffle itself out and see where it all means, but. It does create people a lot of interest. People are reading this stuff. People are going, huh. And there, and it does create a sort of element of, yeah, I might take a look at this. Because you can't help but be curious. I mean, if, if I was on the outside, if I was like, sort of like one of those people, like, if I was still kind of lapsed from comics, and I read something, I was like, huh? Really? They're doing what now? Huh, yeah. I, might, I might take a look at this craziness and see... And see what they got, what they might what might be in store for this sort of what they're doing. How like are they really doing what I think they're doing? Okay, let let's see this. Yeah, and that, and that's it. And I think that's a lot of people are going. Oh God, you know this this whole controversy is disastrous for Marvel. And you know, yeah, there is an element to the the narrative. You know, the way that the narrative is is spoken about that can look. And can and, and does look bad on Marvel, uh, but at the same time, you're exactly right. They, they, people are talking about it. We're talking about it, you know. And uh, and news websites uh, like ABC News, Entertainment Weekly, they are highlighting Marvel comics in a way that 
to be fair, with ABC News and Entertainment Weekly, they probably did before anyway because of the fact that they're all under the umbrella of Disney. Yeah. All hail the Great Mouse. Yeah, all hail the Great Mouse. All hail the Great Mouse. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you that, but I've, like, I've been holding that one in since it's like, all hail the Great Mouse because <laughs> that, mal- that mouse is all powerful. Don't, don't say it too much, you'll summon him. Um, <laughs> he's here oh god i heard him <laughs> um you know so but yeah national attention is drawn on on this and that can that can't be a bad thing like they killed off captain america the first time that was that was national international news um you know the i think uh something to do with, oh yeah iron man riri williams becoming new iron heart that was national news international mm-hmm. news and so things like this for better or worse in this case potentially worse for the reader but not for the company is you know it, it is it is good for them it's good for their sales figures um but um you know that that does have you know the the elements of this story the kind of the the minutiae of what's actually happening within the story themselves does have negative consequences and one of those negative consequences that we uh, that I came across and I shared with you a little earlier is a twitter thread um of someone um, Sigrid Ellis, uh, who I don't know on Twitter, but someone uh, someone tweet, uh, re- retweeted their their uh, Twitter thread. Um, they are at Sigrid Ellis on Twitter. They retweeted a news story from uh, TwinCities.com, which um, I think is a local uh, Minnesota um, mm-hmm. pioneer press. They're called. Uh, talk about a Trump rally uh, that was outside um, the uh, Minnesota Capitol building um, that they say was overshadowed. Um, or overshadowed an otherwise peaceful rally um, but um, the one thing that um, Sigrid Ellis highlights is the fact that within the pictures there is a um, member of the um, alt-right protesters um, that is wearing Captain America's colours, Captain America's shield uh, holding in his hands and this is um, in, you know, in their words um, is you know um stealing that um that symbol and repurposing it for the alt right cause um which you know is a a very big deal really isn't it i mean this is kind of the extreme example of where we suspected a story like this could lead yeah. in the real world yeah i when you showed me that thread i went Oh no. Oh no. Here we go. And yeah, that's not good. That that this is not good. This that was one that made me go, "Oh, this is not good at all." Yeah. And the way I mean, this is until whatever and and this is going to be one of those things that even after this event and after this all shuffles itself out to wherever it's going to shuffle itself out to this is going to last. This is going to be one of those things with Marvel that they're going to have to put up with for a little while. Mm. And, and and will this eventually? Will but will, but it's like one of those things where it's like and so, and the nuts on the alt right that are in my lovely country, uh, that are that have co opted this because they're like oh and they're like all they're like we can we can use this now at our rallies. Oh no, guys, no, no. Yeah, and and, and oh. that's it, and it's. It's one of those things because, um, you know, is that the fault of Marvel? Of course not. And, you know, the 
people like this are always going to appropriate whatever they want and they, exactly. they will you know they will make it their own like just today like the other day i saw mary sue uh, the mary sue website ran a um, story about it uh, bleeding calls picked up on it today about the um peppy the frog which is a symbol that yes um, Pepe. yeah um Pepe, yeah that um that the alt-right has appropriated. He started off as a meme um, on like Reddit and 4chan, and it's now been kind of picked up by the alt-right. The actual, um, the creator of it, um, Matt uh, Matt Fury, mm-hmm. uh, the creator of uh, this um, this kind of cartoon, this comic strip, um, has um, not only, you know, he is he started off being kind of quite ambivalent to it like in the sense of right well yeah these things happen it'll pass but the fact that it's obviously not passing it's it gained a little bit of traction at least for a while mm-hmm. um he was furious with it and over on um the nib um dot com which um is um kind of a short satir- satirical political cartoons mostly mm-hmm. but um, generally a really good a really great site of um for for kind of um cartoon strips and culturally relevant and culturally important comic strips by artists and creators uh, he's created um, responses to that there is a like a, tr- a really terrifying um, a kind of response to this um, to this whole appropriation of his of his creation and so in that in the spirit of that you know that he has not he has not done anything to provoke that he has not done anything and in fact he's now going out of his way and the story that bleeding call ran today was that uh, he killed off the frog on in a free comic book day issue. Um Phantom Graphics is free comic book day issue. Um, yeah, I can't blame him. He's just like, okay. I'm gonna deal yeah. with it because cause there's an actually cause in a in a weird bit, um back in the uh back in like around back back when there was a character called uh this is a completely different thing, but it's actually slightly relatable, is there was a character named Fritz the Cat that uh, Roger Crumb created. Hmm. Back in the uh, back in the seventies, and he back in like and, and they had like two movies, and he hated these, and he was just like he was, and then so basically after a while he was like I'm sick of these things, so he just killed Fritz the Cat off in a comic strip. Yeah. So he said I don't want to yeah. deal with this character again. So done. And hmm. Pepe, and then this guy decided, okay, I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna take a cue a cue from that. It's like my thing got co opted by the. My character that I created got co-opted by the damn alt-right, so screw it, I'm killing him off, and yeah. and it's like I can't blame him because it's yeah. and it's it's sad and it's 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 one of those things that you know you he he obviously had no hand in it, so you know in any way to kind of put the blame on Marvel or Nick Spencer for the idea of this of this guy that seems at the moment is an isolated case of this of this alt-right. A protester wearing Captain America's shield. They couldn't have um, known. They could they, have never known they, yeah. that this would happen. Um, but I mean, the the other, not the other side to it, but kind of a, a caveat to that is the is the idea that you know in Secret Empire the issues of Secret Empire, and we'll we'll see more in these two issues that we're going to be reviewing in a bit. There are pages and panels of Steve Rogers, you know, talking the talk, and the one thing that has disturbed a lot of people, and people have both praised it and criticised it equally is the idea that Steve Rogers is, he's not a kind of moustache twirling, you know, mwahaha kind of bad guy, you know, exactly. he is, he's, he's still Steve Rogers. Yeah, he's he's not operating like a 
a bad guy. He's operating straight up as just him. Hmm. He's as idealistic as he ever has been. You know, he is he is an ultimate idealist idealist, you know, but except now his ideals are fascist, whereas before they were, you know, humanist and and democratic or whatever and you know so now he has become this this twisted you know fascist icon and yes that is a story it's a tale that is being told and in context you know which you know Nick Spencer on Twitter and Marvel in their statement and everything is is keen to stress that in context he is not a Nazi he is a Hydra which is completely different they say and you know and they also say that yes, he's been manipulated by the Red Skull and the Cosmic Cube. There is always a story reason behind it. However, 10, 20, 30 years from now, people are, you know, if Tumblr is still a thing or whatever whatever the equivalent of Tumblr is in those uh-huh. times, people are going to take panels and pages out of this context and use it for their own means. You know, oh, whereas yeah. you they will. you know, I think you'd find it very difficult to take a panel or a page from a you know, a Superman story, for example, and make it suit your fascist ends, although I'm not saying that you can't, I'm sure that there is out there, um, but it'd be a lot more difficult, I imagine, than it would be when there's a whole event around the concept of Steve Rogers being such a devoted and idealistic fascist, as opposed to yeah. clearly, a, clearly a bad guy, you know? So whether that suits the actual story or not, I'm sure we can talk about it in a bit, but um, you know, have you got any other any other thoughts on that? Not really. I mean, like it's, it's we'll dive into the issue, but it's it is interesting how they are have portrayed Captain America, Steve Rogers, as this sort of like they're not making him a generic supervillain. This is this is sort of like the most strangest, like one of the more unique ways of going. Well, he's not acting like a, a pure supervillain. He's spewing Hydra ideals and acting evil, but he's not wahahaing all over the place or acting like a full bad guy. And while he is surrounded by a lot of generic, legit bad guys, he's not being a full one himself. And he's being—it's really—it's a—it's a strange road this this series is taking, but it's definitely one of the more unique aspects of it that you can't help but kind of get strangely fascinated by. Yeah. And talking of uh, strange twists and turns, uh, in the comic and in the real world, um, there's something that's uh, dragged you into it. A story of news that's dragged dragged, uh, my good co-host Wes Messer into it. Um, And that's just today for us, obviously, <laughs> potentially for you. Um, Bleeding Cool have run an article, um, and I think you you obviously you knew about this yesterday because you tweeted about it yesterday. I didn't catch that tweet or any of the other tweets. Yeah, this this, this happened. It sort of part. This sort of perked up just a little. Like I was just finishing up. Uh, I just got done with dinner, and I was just and I popped on Twitter. I'm like, what? What? And I was like, what? What? Who's doing what? What is the the burning people are bur- what? And I and I read so, out like yeah, explain the explain the um the bleeding pool article. <sighs> okay, someone decided so so people decided in their <sighs> loving ge- general fun sides of themselves that 
to this to display their hatred of Secret Empire and also to get themselves quick social media fame because good on you, clap, clap, clap. But you, they decided to burn Secret Empire issue. The free comic book day Secret Empire issue. They burn it. They're, they're going on social media, taking pictures, doing videos. Because this isn't an isolated incident. There's, there's people that have been taking videos. There's people that have done pictures of them burning the Secret Empire issue because they're so unhappy with it that they're like, well, um, and, and they'll get, and they'll get a quick boost social media fame out of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like, wait a second. So you're burning a book now. Something that, and that's the thing Bobby will point out. So Nazis, so you're doing something that Nazis do, which is book burning. People that are against something, you're doing, because everyone that's against something, they burn it. It's like when people were against the Beatles back in the 60s at one point. Hmm. Back in when John, when back in back when John Lennon said that the Beatles were bigger than God, what what they do with the Beatles? They burned it. Anyone who's ever been against something, they burn it, and they're usually on the wrong side of things when they start burning the books or burning the records or burning. You're not on the right side when you start burning stuff. You're you're not. You yeah. you lose your. It's like it's like when I said when people were sending Nick Spencer death threats when when the first, when the Hail Hydra first hit. What yeah. it's like a, a, whatever points the side was making that was against it got straight up hurt dramatically when people decided I'm gonna send Nick Spencer death threats. Yeah, you just pretty much made your side look really stupid and you came off like a jerk. Yeah, and, and you and you tweeted as such, didn't you? Like, I, oh, I, I, I was pissed. I started I, off by saying I, was... I dragged you in, and I don't want people thinking that you were burning books. You were the opposite. You were the you were in opposition I, of it as any right I was, normal person they would be. I, I was very much in opposition of this. I was pissed. I was infuriated that that people were like. Usually, I would probably shake my head, like I can't believe people are burning the books. Why are you burning the books? Don't burn the books. What, what? And normally I would be shaking my head. But what really made me angry and what really made me genuinely disappointed a lot of people and pissed, pissed, disappointed, many emotions is the fact that people were cheering them on. Yeah. That is what made this from something that I would just shake my head at to they're being cheered on. Why are you what 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 why and and I've seen people go well I think this event is terrible and I and I and I would never burn a book but hey hey I'm glad they're doing it and I'm like what yeah. you fuck with I mean <laughs> I mean seriously on the plus side, I do like hearing you swear because you don't swear very often and when it, when you do swear it means something it's like hearing your parents swear it's I mean. I'm. I just went. I, I at first I was kind. Of, I'm tired, and I was like, I, I'm just like I'm tired. And I, and I am mostly a lot more chilled out than I was last night. If this would have been like recorded last night, there would have been a lot more f bombs, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> but but now, but then what was really funny is I ended up in that bleeding cool article, and I was. I, I love when you be like, hey, 
I'm like, what? I'm like, you got him bleeding cool again. I'm like, what, Matt? What? And yeah, what, what were you on it last time? You were on it. You, I know you I, were on it last time. I was on it for. I can't remember what it was exactly. It was something. It was in the same yeah. context, wasn't it? They just kind of was, used one. It, took one of your tweets. Yeah, it was, put, it on, put it in their article. Yeah, put it in my article, and some people would get mad about me. I'm like, no, I don't care. Actually, I find it kind of funny. It's like, yeah. I, I, guess I was just like, because once I got it out of my system, the, I was like, um, okay, yeah, y'all, y'all that burn the books are stupid, but mm. you're not, and you're not helping yourselves, but, and it's like, but, and it is true because it's like, you're not. When you like the simple thing is you're not on the right side, but then when I read the article, I nearly got mad again because there were yeah. people who were quoted in this article who were like, "Yeah, like yeah, yeah go." Iconic. This is iconic. It's and it's like yeah, and it's like it is, but it's a different different kind of icon than you think it is. Exactly, you're not you. You are not when you burn a book. It's like well. I'm against Secret Empire, so I I am showing my displeasure by burning this comic to show that I am against this book, and I'm also getting some social media fame out of it. Cause that's exactly. I hate to say it, this is what this ultimately is: is them wanting to get some fame. It's yeah. you. It's like you can say, "Well, uh, I'm against this book, and I'm showing that I'm bullshit." Yeah. yeah. You're, the, the, you're, you put it. You put it perfectly yourself in your tweet. Like the the idea of if you want to, if you want to protest this book, if you want to, you know, say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm against this book. Don't pick it up. You know, don't exactly. Pick up the book. Don't don't. And the only reason no they're burning you. one is because it's free. You know, they don't want to spend money on something that they're going to burn, so they pick up the free one and burn that instead. It's just like, don't even bother. Don't bother picking up the no. book at all. Just don't engage with it. Don't mention it. There's plenty of people. There's plenty of, you know, like media and people, specifically celebrities and stuff, that I don't, I won't even acknowledge, you know, because mm-hmm. there are people that I just think, you know what, I'm, I'm not even going to bother with them. You know, there's, there's like... Um, Piers Morgan is is the biggest one as far as I'm concerned. You know, I I won't even I won't even entertain anything he has to say because it is all trolling. It's all kind of he's that he's there. If he gets a rise from you, then he's already won. Exactly. And, that's the, and so you, the best thing to do is just not engage with it at all. And you you know there are plenty of people that are against everything that Secret Empire stands for. And there is this you know our kind of disgust in the book burners is in no way you know kind of invalidating people's offense, it doesn't you know people's opinions people's valid criticism of this controversial story however to go so far as to you know take quote unquote cool pictures of yourself on on social media going look at me i'm burning a book and to kind of entertain that idea and i think you know on the bleeding cool article which you are uh, tagged in and also uh our friend Patrick Henry, who you've yep, already mentioned, it. On the <laughs> Pete Henry nineteen ninety one on Twitter, he's Buddy. in it as well. Um, both on the right side of it, I like to uh, I like to say. Um, I was in that happy about Nick that. Spe- Nick Spencer is is quoted in it because you know Lord knows Bleeding Call like an article with for, with Nick Spencer in it at the moment. Um, he says his comment on this is when you burn books, you're not taking a stand against fascism, you're taking a stand against irony, which you know is. 
For better or worse, that is Nick Stance's general attitude towards this, which pisses off a lot of people. And underneath, someone has said, uh, I won't won't say the name because I'm not blasting. No, it's not worth it. Um, You know, but someone says, you fundamentally don't understand how free speech works, which is the same kind of tone deafness that people have said that Marvel have had, and people have said that Nick Spencer have had, and people have said that you know, alt-right fascists have had, which is, you know, they're entertaining their right to free speech. Um, and I think this is it, it's something where I've noticed that like right now there's a level of, and, you, and people are talking about comics and you see these conversations and Sometimes I feel it's always interesting how you deal with comics internet and you deal with comics Twitter and all that stuff. And it's like when people, it's like when every time someone like there's a person that's very like, like it's very much against Secret Empire and they're very much eloquent and very honest and truthful about it. It's like, okay, I see your point. I like that point. That's interesting. That, that really elevates the discussion. Then as an equal sort of response, there's someone who burned the book. Mm. And it's like it, it's sort of like it's one of the things where instead it doesn't elevate the discourse of loving or hating the event it makes the discourse much more in a different way it makes it go uh wait a second now you're book burning do you not see what you are doing here and and really what it is like i said i just a lot of it i think is instead of trying to because they don't know how to discuss their like or dislike of this event in a constructive fashion, they just know what to do to get the shock value. Yeah, it's shock value. It's it's so, it's quick blast social media fame. It's trying to be. I hate using this, but I usually use it in a very snarky way. But it's trying to be edgy, and I did quotation marks with my hands with that <laughs> edgy, and and pretty much it's trying to be. One, you're trying to be cool, hip, ed, trying to be cool and edgy and say, hey, I'm burning a book. And and all these people are going to go, yeah, go you. And then, but you know, the people who are going to say, yeah, go you are going to be, are going to go, are also going to be another state of, yeah, they're, they're cheering you, they're cheering you on and they're, and, but it's going to be fleeting and down the line, people are going to go, oh no, that was really bad, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. It's like yeah. in the mist when when this event is done and it's all said and done and it's over. People who 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 basically sent Nick Spencer death threats, people who burn books, people who have done a lot of a level of awful crap and they're in the midst of all this are going to look awful. Because and, and then and I then I loved when someone said when someone said, Well, you realize you're burning the also the Chip Zdarsky Spider-Man story. Oh, I saved that. I'm like, that doesn't make it better. Yeah. You're still you still burned. I yeah. It just it baffles me. It touches on it touches you know you, you touched on a, a kind of conversation that I want to. I I think that it, it's an overarching kind of conversation that I think that we will have throughout this um throughout yeah. this series of, of things that we're going to be doing especially at the end of the at the end of the um at the end of the run where we do our kind of you know final debrief mm-hmm. um which is the idea of how this series is received 
in context of the of, of the current political climate and it's like how how it would be received you know can this book you know can i don't i don't think we'll have the answers to these into this at the, at the moment or at all but you know the idea of you know is this a book that would would have the same impact 10 years from now 10 years ago you know is this a story that has to have been written now is it more potent is it more relevant because it's in the current political climate um and how how you know 2016 2017 and probably 2018 how these years are going to influence not only the book itself but our opinion of it um and i think you know you touched on that briefly there it's like the idea of you know people after the fact people are going to look awful but this isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened you know people sent death threats to um chris claremont and john byrne when they killed off uh gene gray they did phoenix saga and they send death threats to them then and so but now that's one of the one of if not the most iconic um you know, stealing that word back from these weirdos uh, you know it was one of the most iconic is one of the most iconic x-men stories and so you know not that there is a literal comparison between the two but you know is this is this a series that's going to be looked back on uh, if not more fondly but more you know more objectively um, than yeah. it is it can be in this current world which I think I think is a resounding yes you know as as anything is you know it can be you know the passage of time makes anything a bit more palatable or a bit more you know you can look at it with a bit more fresh eyes I suppose yeah and I um, yeah, yeah and I think I think eventually and something that and it's kind of like wrapped this before as we start getting need to get to the review aspect of this but I do want to say this for you people who decided to burn books or people who are cheering the people on that are burning the books like hate to say it, I mean it's like and I'm sorry if you're going to get mad at me for saying this but as my buddy as my buddy Patrick said and he wishes he would have used it in the in one of the tweets you're a bunch of idiots <laughs> I'm taking idiots yeah. worldwide Patrick buddy I got your back man <laughs> well that's a good uh, that's a good place to end that conversation I think there's nothing Dang more right. to about that um, the uh, yeah a couple a couple of things then before we dive into uh, the main reviews um, as I said more people are starting to have these conversations now um, I don't know about you but there's a couple of places I want to touch on um, there's a couple of websites or a couple of um, articles that I think are good for you know if you're enjoying the discussion we're having um then there are some other places where people are having oh, cool. this conversation as well. Which um, two of the ones that I want to highlight. There's probably a ton more. Obviously, it's a big controversial issue. Uh, the first one is on uh, comicblackbook.com, which, as far as I can see, is a relatively new website. Yeah, I haven't got. I just um, linked me, and I haven't got a chance to sit down and read the really dive into the article yet. But yeah, it's it's it's. I'm not. Uh, I won't deep dive into it. I'll just uh, just kind of you know name drop it uh, because um, it's worth a read it's worth going through uh, Jamie Andreessen uh, who wrote the article uh, has done a really good think piece about um, the lead up to Secret Empire so um, you know a lot of the things that we talked about um, last episode and a lot of the things we'll talk about this episode are, are things that he he discusses as well and he does it in a really uh, really eloquent way really objective way um, and kind of dives into a lot of the um themes and news and surrounding events that we're hoping to cover as well so definitely give that a look um it's on comicblackbook.com 
and the article is called Fascism and Fandom, The Road to Secret Empire, um, which is a really, really strong article to look at. And the only other one I wanted to point out, um, and full disclosure, I do write for this website, but um, multiversitycomics.com. Uh, James Johnston is um, a um, columnist and reviewer on there. He's um, starting a series of articles called, um, well, I'll, I'll say the name in a minute, but he's doing a Secret Empire-themed um, uh, column uh, where it's going to be reviewing uh, the issues as they come out. And he's come up with a name for it that I think is... The main reason I clicked on it, really, I love a good pun of a name, and you love puns. <laughs> yes. and you love puns. It goes without saying with you, but um, <laughs> Wait, I love, I love the, um, I love, I love the pun. He's called it the Man in the Hydra Castle, <laughs> which is so, it's so good, and I hate it, and I love it in equal measure because I hate it because beautiful. I, I come up with. No, I mean, you, you hear a pun and you wish you'd come up with it. I really wish I'd come up with that. I even said that to my wife. I know. And I to her and she was just like, oh, that's really smart. Um, and it's, um, oh, yeah, it is really good. But anyway, that article's great. Uh, the the first, um, first article is up and it's called The Man in the Hydra Castle Recapping the Hydra Cap Saga. So if you are fresh to Secret Empire and you want to know what all the fuss is about uh, and you want to know the stories that lead into it, that's a good, great article to read. And that's on multiversitycomics.com. Uh, so you can find that there as well. Um, so how about we dive into uh, the issues that we're going to review. Now, do you want to talk about the free comic book day issue, or do you want to talk about the issue one? Ooh, what I almost feel time? like we should talk about the free comic day issue. I think that's chronologically, I think that's yeah. right, isn't it? Because I think, um, obviously, this came out a week after uh, Secret Empire issue one, but uh, chronologically, I think it kind of leads into at least leads into that issue doesn't it really yeah um so hopefully if you went to free comic book day and you were interested in picking it up hopefully you managed to pick it up um do you want to explain the uh the rough gist of the story rough gist of it is you are in hour four of the of the uh the hydra invasion and you're in the midst of the big battle between them and leading up to the reveal of the supreme leader and yeah. it's a big, crazy action spectacular. The entire issue does not let up. No, it doesn't. Until, until like not until right up until the reveal, and it is pretty. For this short burst of a story, there's a lot packed in. Yeah, there is actually, and it um, works. It does work, and again. Um... You know, another spoiler tag. We are going to reveal what the final page is. Yeah, we um, are. It's so, out yeah, there, but <laughs> it is already out there. So, well done if you've managed to avoid it so far, or you managed to avoid it until you read the issue. That is, um, I, I do envy you in that sense because it is a hell of a page turn. Um, however, um, obviously the the issue is free comic book day issue, um, and it's got we mentioned it's got the spectacular Spider-Man in the back. This half is Secret Empire. It's written by Nick Spencer. Uh, the artist is Andrea Sorrentino. Mm -hmm. uh, letters by Travis Lanham and uh, VCs Travis Lanham, and the cover is by Mark Brooks. Um, and the artwork in it is fantastic. <sighs> I think I, I like Andrea Sorrentino anyway. I love her on Old Man Logan, um, and uh, the the layouts, the page layouts are, are fantastic. The I think she's um, uh, drawing issue two. I think it's oh, two cool. or three of Secret Empire. So I think it might be in yes. two, which um, which covers. I think it talks about the um, 
Well, I can have a look here because I've also got the Secret Empire Spotlight, which my comic book shop had um, an abundance of, which oh, cool. is kind of like a previews issue, um, and it kind of showed uh, shows previews of Secret Empire issue two, um, which yeah, Secret Empire issue two is Andrea Sorrentino, and it's all about the um, New York that is currently shrouded in the Dark Force dimension. Um, oh, so cool. that's going to be what that issue is focusing on. Um, but yeah, so this issue, as uh, as Wes said, talks uh, goes through hour four. Uh, so as we'll find out in issue one, there's a bit of a time jump when issue one comes out. Uh, mm -hmm. But this goes back to fill in that gap a little bit um, by revealing the exact moment when all of the heroes discovered um, that Captain America is the supreme leader of Hydra. Um, and... That's a hell of a drop in itself, and it, I think it's handled yeah. quite well. I think it's handled really strongly in the different kind of characters and the way they fight against it. But as the pages progress, um, Sorrentino's art uh, takes on each page takes on more and more panels. So you've got a nine-panel grid that turns into twenty-five panels. That was um, crazy, and yeah, it gets it gets more. Dang, and more that was like. Damn, that was good. I mean, it worked really well, but I was like, wow, that's a crazy panel grid. Well done. <laughs> really well done, yeah, really strong. And then, obviously, that makes that emphasizes the page turn uh, of the final page, which is a full page, a full panel page, like one whole picture on the page. And I'm going to let you describe what you, what you've seen on that page. Now, Matt and I both saw this final page like weeks beforehand because it was everywhere because that once that thing hit the internet it was just every site grasped it and went wildfire with it but yeah. seeing it in context makes it 10 times more of a oh damn it's yeah, yeah. captain america with the line they were worthy calling the thor hammer with with like Spider-Man and Miss Marvel and Iron Man and totally awesome Hulk and I think Quicksilver, all the people lying below him in rubble, and you're like, oh, oh, damn. Yeah. Because and so, in context, that means that he's he lifted this. Like I I didn't know if this was a vision of what was to come. I didn't know if it was um Ooh. you know set in like it was a dream sequence or something like that. But no, it happened in hour 4 of the invasion. So he's already lifted that hammer. So for all we know, you know, as soon as issue 0 issue 1 starts, he's got that hammer somewhere. He's just picked it up and taken it with him. Like um, it's in it's in Hydra, it's in the Hydra headquarters somewhere. Yeah, like, I don't see why he wouldn't keep it. Do you know what I mean? Like, he lifted it up and then just put it back down again. So, um, I find it bizarre if he doesn't still have that somewhere. Like, um, like, I was surprised he didn't have, like, the hammer on his back the entire issue, honestly. I was like, wait. Yeah, yeah. Like, where did he, where, where did the hammer go now? And I'm like, I guess he's in... I can't wait for the next issue to see, like, going to Hydra headquarters at some point and seeing, like, the hammer in, like, Steve Rogers' office. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, there it is. Or if he didn't take it, why didn't he take it? You know, why is he yeah. just kind of picked it up and going, oh yeah, yeah, that's fine, and then just put it back down again. Um, but yeah, so what do you think of it? Honestly, it makes a lot of stuff make sense for issue one. Because, it does, yeah. Because like, a lot of stuff, like, why is Scarlet Witch working with 
with uh, this like Steve Rogers Avenger squad? Why is Vision? Why that 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 like? Oh, because like the way Hydra's operate is they've got control. They've got some serious control over some people too. Because they have people like Doctor Faustus, and they have people like. And they have people like Arms Dolla working for them who have some serious skills in doing some crazy mad science tech and mind control abilities. And it's interesting to see, like, okay, now issue parts of issue one make more sense. And it's it's very much one of those issues where you're like, okay, now we can see why we're Hawkeye. Like where where how we how Hawkeye and Black Widow end up. Okay, this is how these people end up here. For general story stuff, it's great, and I really hope that whenever the trade when the trade paperback hits, that they put this in between the zero issue and the number one, mm. just for sheer continuity reasons. Yeah, I think so. I think you think you're right. It does kind of lead into it really nicely, and it does kind of set up um, issue one. I don't think there's any real, there's no better place for it. I don't think than than before That's the first issue. Fascinating. I mean it. Yeah. It is legit fascinating, and it's very wild to see all these heroes, like, in this great general, like, big superhero struggle, battle. They're fighting, they're thinking they're going to do it, and then, and then the same moment where you're in issue zero and seeing, oh, no, here's, here, Cap, we're fighting Captain America, we're fighting Steve freaking Rogers, oh, this is not good. Yeah. This is not good at all. It's so. It's, how do you think he can lift the hammer? Then what are you? What are your? What do you have any theories on? Oh, oh boy! I've been thinking about this since I saw that last page. I've been thinking about this. I've actually, honestly, I don't know. I I wish I could give you like a. Oh, this is. I wish I could give you some educated. Like, well, why could he da da da? I almost think that says at one point Captain America could is because Captain America's always been able to lift the hammer. Yeah. He's always since he's always been able to lift the hammer. I almost think lifting the hammer showed that there's still an inherent goodness within Steve Rogers hiding within whatever the stuff that that whatever the great that all the stuff that the cosmic cube has done to him. Mm. Okay, There's so you still think it's kind of uh, that. I think it's more optimistic than it first appears. It's like there's still something there. There's still something mm. of the old Steve Rogers in there. There's still something because if you so that so am I? Could I be wrong? Could I be right? I don't know. But that's about what I'm almost thinking. That's how this could play out. Is so how could you reach Hammer? Hammer said. Because the hammer probably, because it's like probably, well, there's still a good person in there hiding within all the cosmic cube mecha- mechanisms, all the the mechanisms and all the craziness that this done. I mean, there's something hidden in there. It's strange, though, isn't it? Because, like, you know, in in the past, like for for people who have only really experienced this from the point of view of the the movies, like in Age of Ultron, when they're all playing that game where who can lift the hammer. Like mm-hmm. Steve Rogers has a go, and he can nudge it a little bit, can't he? And that freaks yeah. Thor out a little bit. You can see the the look on Thor's face. It's a great moment. 
Um, but in in comics terms, Steve Rogers has lifted the hammer before. Um, he doesn't and use it very often, and he's used it before. He used, I think, the last time he used it was Fear itself. I think that was the end of Fear itself where he picked it up, um, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. But obviously, that the 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 weight of that pun intended, like the the weight of that is important because obviously it means that he is the best of us and he's one of the the best of us. That's why, in is it. Um, Marvel versus DC, Superman lifts Thor's hammer. And, and also in um in JLA Avengers, he he gets it. JLA Avengers, that's probably the one. He's in JLA Avengers, I think. Yeah, yeah. Superman lifts Thor's shield, uh, Thor's hammer, and he's carrying Cap's shield. Um, and so that and that makes sense, you know, in the kind of as 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 mental and ridiculous as as comic books can be. Like the the concept of Superman being able to lift Thor's hammer makes sense, and the concept and, of Captain America being able to lift it also makes sense so um, that's that's why i'm almost thinking this is sort of like their hint of like just let you know he isn't completely he's like he's not completely gone but mm-hmm. i think that was sort of like their hint like instead of like looking at it as the hell how the hell can he get that hammer when he's supposed to be evil but it's like i think that's the hint that yeah, okay. he's not completely gone Yes, he's been cosmically cosmic cube manipulated. Yes, it is him, but he's been cosmic cube manipulated. There's a lot of crap going on, and I think that does, does like their hint that yes, he's still Steve. He's still Captain America at the end of the day, and, despite you know, the, everything. The part of the um, the other part of the ABC or the statement that Marvel released um, on it was on ABC. Um, the second half of it is the the idea that they they kind of people are joking saying oh they've spoiled the end of the uh, the end of Secret Empire which you know they have and they haven't because we they have and they haven't it's yeah it's, they all know this is going to be right in the end it's comics um, but they kind of said um, mm-hmm. what will win the day is Steve Rogers's heart and his soul not his you know, I've sh- I've shut the window now because it was making a noise but it was um, it was his heart and his soul rather than his muscles and his shield that will defeat Hydra. So, the idea that he is still Steve Rogers under there, and there have been a few hints in Nick Spencer's Captain America run, where you kind of see a glimmer of potentially this is the Steve Rogers that we have known and loved. So, that does kind of tie in with your theory about Mjolnir. Um, my kind of concept. Yours was quite an optimistic one. I quite like that. Mine is um, mine's a little more pessimistic. Mine <laughs> <is> the, <laughs> my theory potentially is is touching on the idea that of just how powerful the cosmic cube alteration was. So potentially this mm. idea that Kobik has changed not only changed Captain America and changed the world, but changed the very concept of what is good and evil. And so, for interesting, you know, for her to see Captain America as as this force for good, she has to have changed the world so that good means something else. And so, in my mind, um, that affected the universe, and that so that affected Asgard, and that affected the realm, the nine realms. So, like, we obviously, I don't think we'll see any more of the hints of that. But the kind, the idea is potentially my theory is that. He's able to lift the hammer because he is the ultimate force of what Kobik has seen as good. And so because he's the supreme leader, because he is the idealistic, perfect vision, that he always has been, but he's just now he's for some, he's fascism, 
or fascist fascistic means um you know he, he is the purest version of that so he he can lift the hammer because he is worthy in that sense that's... But again that's oh. it's a bit more of a that's more of a more of a pessimistic theory I, but the it's an interesting I theory it's a good that's theory one I could come up with as well because like there's no unless it is a vision unless it is a dream unless it is him just kind of going oh yeah well this is this is me or there's or there's some kind of you know third act reveal that we cannot possibly know at this point um you know then, I, we cannot imagine what we're what third act reveal we're going to get at this point because god knows but we i made the the error last last episode of saying how much worse can it get um and obviously i think we knew back then I think we knew about the reveal. We might have even mentioned it in the in the last episode. But we did it. We it, the reveal came. Some of the more the reveal stuff came after, like oh, okay. not like the whole the stuff with the Marvel Legacy stuff and which which leads to many ideas of what's going to come out of Secret Empire and mm -hmm. the uh, stuff with the Thor hammer came out like a couple days after the episode. I'm like you've got to be kidding me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was messaging, I was like, Matt, M Matt, how? <laughs> like, and, yeah. and, and then it's like, and then people were asking me about it. And I'm like, yeah, trust me, we're, we're in the same boat right now. Matt and I are thinking, how? Like, we were just <laughs> discussing, like, okay, what's going to come? Oh, Marvel. Oh, is this how they're going to sort out Secret Empire? <laughs> is this Marvel Legacy stuff? I mean... Is that going to be what the third act's going to be? Is the third act going to be leading to whatever Marvel Legacy ends up being? I mean, I don't know, man. This is this is wild. I mean, this is it gets the Secret Empire saga is one of the most is controversial. It's but it never ceases to be interesting. Definitely not, and that's it's why we're covering it. That's why we're doing this podcast. That's why it's so interesting. I mean, it's it's probably for. Love, love Secret Empire or hate it. It, it creates a discussion, and it's very. I, I, I think it's. Just, I never would have thought I'd be this interested in Secret because I was just like, I don't give a crap about Secret Empire. Now I'm like, this is fascinating. This is actually fascinating. I never thought I would be this fascinated by it, but here we are. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, and and for better or worse, it's got me it's got me reading Marvel comics to a larger degree than I was. Um, yeah. I was I was reading a lot more Rebirth than I ever was Marvel, mm -hmm. but now I'm kind of actively trying to catch up on series Same uh, as here. best as I can to try and kind of catch up to it. I read uh, I read a lot of Al Ewing's comics at the moment. I read a lot of Oh uh, man, Avengers and Ultimates. Caught up on all those, and U.S. Avengers are caught up on as well. And they you know I love Al Ewing's writing anyway, but those are brilliant brilliant comics that are They're really good um, yeah they, they do i think new avengers especially get dragged into the events as they happen so i read i think i read all 18 issues in a day and like you hey really, nice <laughs> yeah surprise myself but when you when you read them that quickly you you do get the flow gets really interrupted by events and I think month as months go by, reading them month by month, there it's a lot different. But reading them all in one go, it's really jarring when he gets uh, he gets interrupted by I think it's uh, standoff uh, and then yeah, standoff. Civil War two, and then I think U.S. Avengers is going into Secret Empire now. 
Um, but he does he does great things with it. A few people on Twitter commented saying, you know, I thought that he handled it really well, and that's definitely true. I think Al Ewing did a great job with it. But um, but yeah, he also you can also feel as though you know he's kind of being you know his flow is interrupted. Uh, for want of a better phrase. But anyway, yes, yeah, so Secret Empire issue was really good. Uh, it, free comic per day. I thought it was really strong. Um, I should say that the, there is... Con- obviously, there's controversy about it, but not just in the spirit of, you know, comic book nerds uh, like us basically saying, well, how can he lift the hammer? You know, how is that physically possible? Mm-hmm. Um, there is a greater controversy to it. Oh, yeah. One that I, um, I read it. Yeah, I wasn't that... Um, that uh, knowledgeable about it, so this has not come from from me. But um, you know, the the Norse mythology and Viking uh, Viking uh, Vikings picked up on it as well. But the, the Norse mythology that Thor and Mjolnir and Asgard pull from, um, the symbology behind that um, was was taken up by the Nazis in World War Two, and yeah. they they use that symbology. You know, they used the lightning bolt uh, with the SS. They used a lot of um, Norse mythology and symbology to the point where Norse mythology to this day has never really recovered that kind of, um, you know, appeal or prestige or kind of um, that uh, objective uh, viewpoint that it once kind of had because people associate it with Nazis and Nazism, especially throughout the 20th century. Um and so for Captain America to lift Thor's hammer in a way that is very, you know, symbolically important, I think, um, to not just comics, but this fascist ideal, you know, it further perpetuates this this image of him as the ideal fascist supreme leader. Yeah, that I read that like Ooh, I, I'm sticking with my more optimistic view because I think I think it's best for my sanity that I'm keeping my. But I, but it is a unique viewpoint and it is, it is a very interesting idea of, oh, oh, oh no, that, I because I didn't I didn't do that either until I no. until I stumbled upon I was like, oh sh, oh no, oh. yeah. I mean I, I didn't I didn't know enough about the Nazi party and their kind of uh, their usage of this symbology and so when I looked at it I saw it as very much a kind of oh right okay this is the point they're making is regarding the comic book universe and it might just be that it might be as simple as that Um, but Nick Spencer's a very smart writer he's a very um, he's a very self-aware writer and he's um, there's many layers to his work and you know whether you whether you like his work or not I think he's He's a very he's a very strong writer in that in that respect, and so for him to, you know, create this image, you um, know, through the art of Andrea Sorrentino, then yeah, I think he, he must have known. And so, again, what that what that implies, what that means is is for is for people to to have that kind of you know what opinion that you, that instills in you um, is obviously dependent on your history with this. Symbology. Um, however, as as we've said, me and Wes had no real idea that the Nazi Party did this. So um, yeah, we had no idea uh, until we were like, oh, oh, sh- hmm. oh. It does add an interesting element to it. Definitely adds a, uh, you know, 
it adds more fuel to the fire, doesn't it? Really, exactly. Um, if we're, if we're but, being honest, and I think, and I, but I kind of, I think this sort of like sets up a lot of the stuff that they get into a little bit of Secret Empire one now because mm-hmm. speaking of, because speaking of layer, my word, this is probably like this book was four ninety nine. Here's the interesting thing about Secret Empire 1. They shove a lot. This is probably one of the most jam-packed 499 issues that Marvel has done in ages. I mean, this is jammed packed to the brim mm. of Yeah, there's a lot in here. There's a lot. I mean, the first part of the issue is the basic concept of this issue is one to show you the world that that now Hydra has created. Like, through Steve Rogers' Captain America, this is like, this issue shows you what the world is like now. This is the ultimate goal of the issue. Yeah. By the end, you know exactly where Steve Rogers is. What's going on with Rick Jones? What's going on with a little bit about the heroes stuck within the Dark Force? What's within the whole Dark Force? What's going on with Captain Marvel in, in space? And the resistance, and and the one thing I, w- I just want to give Nick Spencer props for is his deep cut of using the Pantheon. That's a deep cut. Like okay, yeah, explain that a little bit. Yeah, the Pantheon was a supergroup that came about during Peter David's Incredible Hulk run in the nineties, oh, okay. and they were a supergroup that the Hulk w- worked with for a period of time. So. That and that was a super base that they used. So I was like, "We're bringing up the Pantheon." Wow, that's a deep cut. Nicely yeah, I didn't pick done. That's a good deep cut. That's a really good deep cut. So <laughs> that the that that Hawkeye knew this base to go to and knew of this like abandoned super base that no one of a team that probably not many people remember in the Marvel universe. Because since and it makes sense because since he was friends with Bruce Banner. And mm-hmm. since, and since Bruce Banner had him on that list of people that that during that whole Civil War too, and how that was handled, and how the death of the Hulk was handled, is that Bruce Banner and Clint Barton were that close of friends. It's like, okay, it makes sense that Clint would know about the Pantheon and that super base. Yeah. Okay, that's a good. I was like, nicely done, Mister Spencer. Good deep cut. Very good. Yeah, I like that. And there's and there is a lot to like about this this ep- this issue. I think it's oh man, really, it's a really good issue as far as I'm concerned. Um, but um, straight off the bat, it's it's written by Nick Spencer. It's drawn by Steve McNiven, uh, inked by Jay Lyston, colorist by is uh, Matthew Wilson, um, and letterers is VCs Travis Lanham. Um, there's variant covers, uh, recap page art by Andrea Sorrentino. Um, so. Um, and as as Wes says, it was uh, it was four ninety nine for um, a jam packed issue, and the kind of the concept of it we touched on it before. The premise of it is that it's taken a jump forward in time. So mm-hmm. Secret Empire Zero ended with the start of the invasion of um, of Washington, um, and then Secret Empire Free Comic Book Day issue picked up exactly um, four hours kind of into that battle. Um, and obviously ended with him lifting the lifting the hammer. This cuts forward to it doesn't say how further forward in time it is, but it's 
but it must be a good couple of months, I imagine. Um, yeah, they don't really of, say, no. but, no. but I, I'm actually looking through it right now as you speak, so I'm trying to remember they don't they don't really say how many months it takes, but no, but like the the opening scene is involving um, an inhuman, which I think I read it the first time and I forgot about this scene completely until I went back to read it a second time. Um, and I think a lot of people will do that. So, but I, I also think that that's kind of it's almost a Chekhov's gun of an Inhuman, really. And I think Rich Johnson talked about it a little bit on Bleeding Cool. The idea that this Inhuman can is basically a, a an organic 3D printer. Whatever he sees, if he wants to, he can vomit out this perfect replica of it. Like he does it for his son. He drops his son off at school, and his son really wants a Captain his America brother. box. Oh, his brother, sorry. His, his, his brother. little brother wants, uh, wants a Captain America lunchbox. And so when he gets home, he, he throws up and it's this Captain America lunchbox, which is a gross kind of body horror moment. And you're um, like, But it also... Yeah, exactly. And you kind of think, how is that going to tie into the grander scheme of things? Is he going to throw up a cosmic cube? <laughs> you know, is that going to be the, the deus ex machina that kind of ends Secret secret Empire? Which I hope not for the for the sake of the actual storyline, but he's got to he's gotta play some kind of role, surely. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to be curious to see how, how it plays, but I'm not sure. Yeah. And I'm not sure I mean, how is it going to... Yeah, the, 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 the t- there are two... And, and I'm curious to see how what it'll play out. I mean, I'm actually legit curious as to what their ultimate plan will be like will they use him again is he just like a one-off dude that they brought in just to uh just to show like what's going on with the inhumans and how they're being taken into taken in the camps what what's the what is that that what he's there for or is it just is that what he's there for to do are they going to do more with him in the future that was it yeah that was kind of my my thing because they it could have been that Nick's, Nick Spencer's just bought in this Inhuman with a kind of a, a relatively, you know, relatively innocuous superpower, isn't it, really? You know, being able to, to to vomit up an object that you want, you know, is kind of, it's fine, but it's it's not going to be... But it could be, be useful. It yeah, could, actually. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it could be useful, and it kind of... It also, when he drops his little brother off um, at school, we see this scene in the school. So this is what makes me think it's a few months later because um, the teacher is teaching them um, about the revisioned, the revised history that they've now been exposed to. That um, and wow. it's scary. It is that was that was an interesting like that was probably the most interesting, probably more interesting bits of it is that. They really dived into the his like okay, so this is what they've done is the revised history of of this hydra of this new hydra world of this and it's like okay, this is what they've done and it's like and then when when the kid says oh yeah it's like well this happened oh no 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 this is that was in the books we burned last week and I'm like yeah oh that was oh. part of the great illusion as she talked like part of the great illusion I'm like yeah. oh it's and that, this is. This is one of the more satirical or kind of politically relevant portions of the story, um, and um, it's definitely uh, a lot scarier. It's one of those things, as we talked about, it's a lot scarier in the context of the current political climate. Uh, this idea of, yeah. of educating children and what is and what is the what is the new story? Like history is written by the victors. Hydra is obviously one. 
Um, so that this is their history that they're rewriting. Um, Interesting. It, and it, it, and, it, and it, it's contextually relevant to the story as well. The idea that um, she, the teacher, says, "Well, look, yeah, we've all been made to believe this stuff, but the reason for that is because the Allies did a horrible thing and they they rewrote history so that they won the war. In actual fact, our supreme leaders won the war, um, and now we're being exposed to the truth." Um, and so that's kind of the the second aspect of that scene. Really, the first one is how you know what is happening to the Inhumans. They're being carted off to camps. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what happens to this kid's older brother, um, and also what he's being taught in schools. Um, and, and on a subtle note, the poster. Yeah, they, the poster. First they have to chant Hail Hydra, and then there's the poster of Captain America with the kids saying Hail Hydra, and you're like, ooh, okay, this is yeah, this, this yeah. is what the ground floor is like of of the. Uh, of, of this of all this is the ground floor is oh this is our ground floor oh shit. yeah yeah and i but then what in, you, it reminded me a little bit of that is it a superman poster from the 50s where he he stood with kids and saying yeah um, you're exactly yeah, right on. yeah i've seen that have have poster that too yeah that it does the rounds on tumblr quite a bit um but um I can't remember exactly what it actually says, but uh, oh yeah, I think I've got it. It's from nineteen. I typed in Superman poster, and it says Superman poster from nineteen fifty. And I search for it, and it comes up straight away. And it's him with kids uh, saying, uh, "Furthermore, boys and girls, your school, like our country, is made up of Americans of many different races, religions, and national origins. So it's kind of the exact opposite of of this poster, but it does. It looks that, very similar. You know, yeah, you know they. Yeah, you know they looked up that poster. You know it. It's and like, also the theme of it is very relevant as well because underneath it says, "If you hear anybody talk against a schoolmate or anyone else because of his religion, racial race, or national origin, don't wait. Tell him that kind of talk is un-American. Keep your school all American." And so this, that is the exact opposite of this, isn't wow. it? Wow. They want you to speak up, but they want you to point out people that are unlike them, Good. which obviously one of one of this kid's classmates does so that's um good catch that's a good yeah. one yeah, i like I that even, um, looked it up but yeah definitely that's got to be that's got to be dang hasn't it really yeah it, but the big part of this issue but then after following all this is you get into now we're getting to see the resistance force that that is built up in the midst of this hydra of the secret empire so you got like this kid so basically, this kid Ray Sean got this got this information that that the that the underground resistance is wanting that, that the underground resistance caught their eye. So it's like, and that's and that's interesting because it leads to a very crazy chase throughout Las Vegas. Yeah, cool scene, really cool, cool scene. scene. That was fun. I mean, it was it. It's like yeah. you got you get to see more of the uh, like what all Hydra's using and their and how they're how they're operating here. So you got. They got the freaking dreadnoughts back in play. They've got yeah. They got the fantastic car. The resistance has the fantastic car. Yeah. Thanks to Thing being think, part of the team. Yeah, we'll talk. I think we'll talk a little bit more about Marvel Legacy in a little bit when we go through um, Jose's email that he sent us, uh, which mm-hmm. we are definitely getting to, Jose. Um, but I don't think it's any coincidence that all of the resistance that we see is new. The next generation of Marvel heroes. 
So the ones we see uh, in the Fantastic Car, we see um, Viv Vision, who's Vision's daughter from mm-hmm. Tom King's Vision series, Miles Morales Spider-Man, Amadeus Cho Hulk, um, we see uh, Riri Williams Ironheart, um, we see uh, a little further on it is, we see um, the new Unstoppable Wasp, Nadia Pym, mm-hmm. we see the new Falcon, um, I can't remember his name, is from um, the Sam Wilson issues of Captain America. Yeah, I wish I could um, remember his name. No, I can't remember his name. I will look that up in a minute. Um, but yeah, so they're all the next generation, and I think it's interesting. What I love about this is I want to see that team like this. This has made me so excited for the idea of having this kind of next generation of teams. One of the books I need to catch up on actually is Champions, which is what Mark Wade's going mm-hmm. for with Same here. the idea of the kind of the next generation. Um, and I've heard I've heard good things about that sort of series, and I love Mark Wade anyway. Um, but this kind of really celebrates these new generation of heroes um, and I think we'll, we'll talk about it obviously in a little bit as well but the, the idea of you know, Ben Grimm's there and um, they, they get back to um, where is it they're in then you were saying about they're in Las Vegas right base. now oh, okay. and they, they're, they, in, they're, they, they're in Las Vegas because they hit the Las Vegas sign as they, oh, they yeah. sign at one point so yeah they're in Vegas yeah, they're being chased by dreadnoughts, and uh, as they get their kind of um, boost drive back online, did you catch the the panel at the bottom where Amadeus Cho flips them off? <laughs> he sticks his middle finger up at the at the dreadnoughts, but it's kind of it's slight it's slightly cut off by the panel. Yeah, um, I did not catch that until now, but I yep. didn't catch it the first read through either. But like he gives he gives them the finger as they as they pull off, and they smash through the the Las Vegas sign. Um, so obviously there, there's there's a rebellion, there's an uprising uh, to um, to everything that's happening, and that gets discussed um, by the High Council of Hydra, uh, which we'll see uh, a little bit through the issue. Um, they, we get to see uh, a monster invading. I New love York, that. Which was that a very was again fun. a very cool scene. Yeah. That- um, a rare bit of levity for for this for this comic. You think, oh, this comic doesn't have any. Le-. Oh, it has a very oddball sense of humor to it that that doesn't that doesn't quite show because it's like here's Captain America and like talking to this monster and it's like and like monsters like, oh, you you are the ruler of these people, I presume. And then here's Cap like, oh, they fall under my protection, yes. And then and then here comes the Avengers as he. I really like the art in this. I really like how, like, McNiven's sort of way of his, like, the way of his, like, the expressions he puts on Cap's face and his sort of, like, the movements of, well, you know, you, you don't, you really don't want to do this right now. Like, you're, mm. we, normally you would just, just be like anything else, but uh, this is a different situation, different time. We're not messing around anymore. It's like, yeah. oh, Oh, you like it's like, and the curse that laugh and that your bluster has enchanted me, li- enchanted me, little king. <laughs> and that's what yeah, cracked and me up is how the bluster you've enchanted me. And I went, yeah. that's great. And then he gets his army, and then here comes that quiet Avengers assemble, and mm-hmm. and then the fight begins, and we get to see the we get to see how the. Uh, the layout, more of the layout of this Avengers team, Caps, Caps brought together, and it's like, mm. it's like, okay, this is yeah, a yeah. So who have we got on this team? 
it's a weird it's like his team is like the Odinson, former Thor, uh Vision, Scarlet Witch, Deadpool, the Superior Octopus. Yeah. And Taskmaster and you can and actually I'll just go back to the recap page, it makes it a little bit easier. But Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of doing that. But it's yeah, it's um it's the it's the irredeemable Ant Man, isn't it? Or what he's yeah, known as Black Ant. Black Ant. Yeah, he's known as Black Ant now. Yeah, um, and Superior Octopus. If you're not reading the new Amazing Spider-Man comics as they're coming out, that is, oh god, it's it's Doctor Octopus's personality in the cloned body of Peter Parker. So he's essentially Superior Spider-Man again. Yeah, it's um, just as an octopus. Has as an octopus, which is quite a clever twist. I quite liked when I saw that in The Amazing Spider-Man, because I kind of thought, well, that's a great, that's a really um, fun way of bringing back Superior Spider-Man. However, he's taken, like, an extra twist in the fact that he's now the Superior Octopus. Uh, so if you're wondering who he was and where he came from. And it's and it's really cool, and it's really interesting, because this is, like, and this team operates unlike any other Avengers team. They're efficient. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they come in, they smash, do their thing, and done. They, Which is, they're not messing around. Yeah. Which is exactly the point, isn't it? And that's exactly what leads on to in the next page. Uh, The page after that, obviously, Captain America, Avengers Assemble, they all go in and do what they're doing. Uh, I think it's quite telling that he just slowly walks away. Like, he kind of just... He doesn't even... It's not a rallying cry, is it? He just says, Avengers Assemble. Like, at normal normal tone of voice. Like, Avengers Assemble. He just just turns his back on it, and he's in shadow as he's walking away from it. So, obviously, there's there's an element of him just kind of like just getting the job done and getting out like it's not important anymore he, he they they slaughter the these avengers slaughter this monster um and which he dealt with it yeah and... Uh, and then the next page is the classic kind of newsreel which is obviously again very reminiscent of world war Two, um but picks up on all these elements as you just said they're very efficient they get the job done and that's what america in this storyline is seeing uh, violent crime is down nearly 75% since Hydra saved the country, their words. Um, Dr. Faustus celebrated the uh, exchange, the stock exchange hitting new heights, breaking the record that they set last month. Um, there's a stimulus to spending thanks to the Hydra Works program, which is very, very reminiscent of like America Works uh, from, yeah. uh, from Trump's speeches. Uh, 2,000 new jobs thanks thanks to these dreadnoughts that they're creating. Um, There's a new trade agreement uh, signed between Madripoor and US representatives. And um, the Hydra High Council discusses the strategies in the upcoming day of... A very scared diplomat with this... A very scared diplomat is like... Excuse me. It's very funny to see all these, like... It's like the different things. It's like, happy, happy to... Here's the scared diplomat with the giant hive thing mm. hanging out over him. With it's like, oh, with Gorgon chilling out in the background, like I got a sword. It's like, yeah, that, that doesn't scare you. Here's Hive. Yeah, Hive's terrifying. Hive's like, like the um, the guy from pa- Pirates of the Caribbean, like weird kind of. I know he doesn't look from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. He looked, but I love, but I love the the they kind of look into because. Going into the entire scene of the uh, Hydra High Council gets real darn detailed, really. But it's really funny to see Captain America's face. He's bored out of his eyeballs. Like, uh-huh, you're all arguing, blah, blah, blah. Can we be doing anything else but arguing about fluoride? Hmm. Cause, and he's 
he's just he looks he's kind of bored throughout the entire time and like they're all having and then but let's give you an idea of what the layout is it's like you have a mutant sovereign republic of new tight of new of new tn mm-hmm. and then you have the inhuman camps detail a little bit more yeah and cap's trying to keep a balance because he's because he's, like, he's still trying to keep a balance between peace and force like mm-hmm. He wants to keep people united. He wants to keep people, like, as a full country. But everyone else is like, well, we want you to show more force. And Baron Zemo's, which is the weirdest thing you ever want to fathom in your life, Zemo's the most balanced force, kind of like kind of like trying to keep things a little bit more of a, a slight bit of an even keel between the rest of everyone else. Which is obviously the point, isn't it, really, is to kind of make this, uh, you know, make it where the situation that we're presented with is the idea where Baron Zemo is the voice of reason. And, like, that in itself is ridiculous, isn't it? That in itself kind of promotes an idea of of how twisted things have become. It has. Um, It's interesting. It is really interesting a lot, but it actually is interesting because Baron Zemo has been presented as a voice of reason before as when he's led the thunderbolts in the past and yeah. when so this is not entirely unusual for zemo no it's not out of character for him at it's all. not it's out of character for him it's just this is a different situation where it's like captain america sort of like trying to keep all these minds intact and everyone else like because there's a lot of there's a lot of strong people in this group that could potentially try to take take control from captain america at any time yeah. It's just, but it's just like they don't want to mess with them because then they mess yeah. with, then they mess with uh, his the Madam Hydra in the process. Like yeah, they don't want to mess with that. So we just we just leave. We're just gonna be careful how we play this because we could get into really deep crap. And yeah. but it is an interesting look at how all these villains it, operate. It's yeah. It's fascinating to me, like how they all operate each on each level and how they all talk to each other. And it's like, huh, this is actually and kind it, of oddly. And what I—it's really well done. It's really well done because they all—they've um, all got their own voice, but they're all—they're all true to their characters. You know, obviously Captain America's not true to his character or the character that we know of him, but all the other ones around him are exactly as they should be. <laughs> and they're all, you know, there's there's people saying we should smite them, we should kill them all, and we should show we should show a force, you know, and then there's others going, that's not that's not the best way to do it. And that's what makes it worse, in a, not worse, but it makes it scary because it does normalise it. It is it is a normal conversation that they're having. Um it, and it and it's very much a conversation that obviously is an extreme version of what I imagine happens in governments you know, all, all around the world, you know, bit, the kind yeah. of thing where they go, well, why can't we do this? And it's like, well, we can't do that because of this. In, and like, you've got to think about the political ramifications of it. We've never had to think about that before. Well, yeah, we're in power now, so you do have to think about that. And that, that's that's what I think is a really smart scene. I think it's a really clever scene. For that. And I and I think and the and what gets really interesting, and then and then once you get and once you get past that, then they go into the resistance, and then that's when like I touched on the resistance stuff already a little bit of like. Like you have like the resistance team is pretty much I think it's covered in the recap page too. Is mm-hmm. is the resistance is straight I have to find I always hate I have to find this page every time because I always I end up skipping it yeah. every time we uh I think it's past the uh Oh there it is. The resistance is like is like pretty much like the rest of the resistance is Black Widow, Hawkeye, 
Ironheart, The Thing, Giant Man, and Scott Lang, Ant Man, and and the Tony Stark as an AI. Yeah. And it gets, and then so pretty much you have Captain, you have pretty much like Captain Marvel stuck up in space, can't really do anything right now. She's she's in a mess. You have Doctor Strange in the Darkhold, and he can't do much outside of resist what Madame Hydra and them are trying to do. So the Resistance are like the most active force doing stuff right now. Yeah. And can I just say this? This Resistance, this kind of these heroes doing what they do, is potentially my favorite part of the issue. Oh, I loved it. it. It's it cool. Gives me, yeah, and it, it's like it takes the it takes the whole Secret Empire series and the whole Secret Empire story back to a kind of a familiar superhero landscape you know so it kind of it kind of adds adds that element of oh we know this story you know this is a familiar story now because it's heroes fighting back against against the insurmountable odds which we've seen hundreds of thousands of times but what i love about it is the the dynamic of the heroes is exactly what i want out of marvel legacy this is exactly what i want marvel oh this legacy is what we do. get if this yeah. is what we're gonna get this is gonna be cool it's going to be so cool because the the younger heroes are the heroes. They're the ones doing doing the resisting. They're the ones going out there, and the the older heroes like Hawkeye and Black Widow and Thing and Tony Stark to a certain degree are all taking on a different role, and they're taking on the role of kind of the mentors, the adults, the sensible ones, because they've been there and done that, and that's exactly what Legacy should be. That's exactly what I want from Legacy Comics moving forward. I want because no, not only does it spotlight these new heroes and get mm-hmm. give us a chance to have a new diverse you know lineup of you know brand new heroes for kids to grow up with but also it gives the the older generation our heroes that we grew up with interesting fascinating new dynamics like I love the idea that Hawkeye's leading this resistance like that's a role I've not seen him in since you know well a long time but not since like West Coast Avengers or like Brian Bendis' new Avengers to a certain degree where he was kind yeah, of they, like you know he's now been this leader before but not in this not in this degree well Hawkeye and Black Widow are co-leaders yeah sorry yeah they're co-leaders they're, they're both. yeah he's doing all the kind of the planning and the organising and she's doing all the training and we're going to see that in uh, is it Secret Empire Uprising which is a new mini-series that's coming out yeah it's where Black Widow trains these new recruits in her own kind of red room it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see what they do with this because I really and I think it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how this works out because I like the legacy aspect I like that they're setting up like this sort of like how when uh and when when they get like the guy now the interesting thing is gonna be as they set this up further as when Ray Sean now that Ray Sean's got his information he's getting his information to the squad but poor Tony Stark as an AI is a mess. Poor Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah. He's a mess. <laughs> Just generally but, that. But I like what they're. But I like what they're doing with that, and they kind of show that. Yeah, things got really bad after the reveal of Steve Rogers as Captain America. And yes, yeah. we may get more details on that, but we really don't need it at the same time. But like, yeah, like, and I definitely. Yeah. So what do they? What do they reveal for? Um, like, so for the for the purposes of the recap, what kind of? Um, they reveal what that. Does Tony Stark talk about? They start talking about one. They thought he was a clone. So they attacked the groundbreaking, cer- groundbreaking ceremony, and they lost 89 people. Then they thought he was mind-controlled, so they tried to raid Dr. Faust's Institute, 
they lost and they lost 116 cat people out of that so I was like oh crap so but then they do but they do dive into the idea that that despite it all Hawkeye and Black Widow have helped create this really peaceful sort of life for these people that in the midst of some peaceful life for these people who are in the midst of this resistance right now as they're right as they're as and they can't really do too much right now but as we see there's still a lot going on because it's like like i said mentioned it's like then you have dr strange is fighting off madam hydra in the midst of the of the dark force in in the uh, dark dimension situation there's really not a lot to go into here outside of steve rogers is having realizing he has a lot of people to fight against with uh with his council and with the resistance, so yeah. No, it's I think like, if anything, it was... the um, the future issues, but the the solicits for the future issues, I think, are going to dive into the other aspects. So I think issue two is going to be primarily focused on what's going on in New York, and issue three is going to focus on everything that's going on up in space. Um, and yeah. obviously, the side, the tie-ins, and the and the other storylines are going to pick up on. Uh, Secret Empire Uprising, which is going to talk about the the new the, the training of the kids. There's obviously going to be X Men spin-offs, which I assume goes into that uh, new Tian, um, which is going to be fun. And obviously, Ultimates and Mighty Captain Marvel are going to cover the space stuff as well. So there are avenues to go down with that, which um, I think we'll I'll cover that right at the end of the podcast. But um, but yeah, so the um, this issue focuses on the resistance and how they're fighting back or or not in the case of like Tony Stark who's kind of echoing a lot of the thoughts of fans that have kind of given up on the idea of, of Steve Rogers like he, he reels through the the kind of the stages of grief that fans went through a little bit by kind of saying right well it has to be he's a clone no he's not a clone it has to be that he's mind controlled okay he's not mind controlled so they've kind of gone right well we've exhausted the options that it usually is you know what I mean? Like they, they usually yeah. in these instances, it's usually a clone or it's usually mind control. So yeah, let's go and explore those avenues. And no, in actual fact, it's it's none of those things. And that's what's quite um, quite fascinating about the position that they're in now is like they have they've got to this stage of acceptance of right, right. Well, this is Steve Rogers. We don't know how or why, but this is him. So what do we do now? And, and that's an interesting dynamic. I like that, and I. And I think that's going to be interesting to see how this plays out further because the one thing we have we have avoided yet, and this is as we're going to be wrapping up the issue, is Rick Jones. Yeah. Oh man, because this... they do how they set it up as they kind of set up in the rest of this. Rick Jones is sort of like the ultimate voice of "I believe in you, Cap. I know that you, I know you're still good. I know you'll win at the end of the day." And of course, the Queen song that he starts singing, and Cap like, "Huh? That you listen to that makes me really happy." And 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 then they kind of do the and what's really cool about it is they and like how they're how they do the how the ex, how the execution of Rick Jones happens mm-hmm. is it is sort of like because Sharon because his because Sharon Carter tries to convince him not to do it and show that there's still good a bit of the good of the good cap in there somewhere and that's not swaying him and nothing's swaying him it's sort of like he knows he has to show this force of power so. When Rick Jones is on is being taped live on TV for this execution while Cap's making this big speech, and then Rick Jones has Avengers assemble in that bold, happy voice, and then gets killed. It's like, and then, and then that's all colliding with the 
Hydra forces attacking attacking all across the country, it seems like. Yeah, I kind of got the impression that, that was... It was only a second read-through that I kind of... Like, the final page is the, the Hydra um, ships um, attacking, blowing up a city. I assumed that that city was Las Vegas. Um, yeah, it's it's, 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 the, it's the resistance area. Yeah, it's like where they said, like, right, well, we can't allow a resistance to carry on, so the punishment for resistance in Vegas is that Vegas is now destroyed, essentially. Yep, that's um, what they're doing. And it's like, but, damn, this is going to yeah. get... Two of the, the two They've done moments, it. I mean, they... The two moments that affected me the most in this issue um, were, you know, in, in, in a kind of uncomfortable, um, upsetting way. Like, obviously, uh, the, the, the resistance affected me in a good way, in an optimistic mm-hmm. way, because that was... That was brilliant, but the two scenes that affected me, obviously, as you said, was was Rick Jones um, being executed. Now, this is a character that has been, you know, if, if people are reading this and going, I don't really know who Rick Jones is. Rick Jones is a character that has permeated through Marvel Comics since Avengers issue one, really, isn't it? Like, I don't know if that was his first appearance, but he was in he was in the Hulk. He's part of the Incredible Hulk's origin because Bruce Banner pushed him out of the way. In, uh, and he and Bruce Banner got hit with the gamma bomb uh, that Rick Jones would have been hit by if he hadn't pushed him out of the way um, Rick Jones was partly I don't know if this was a retcon or not but he he's involved in the inception of the Avengers as a team he, he's been, you know, he, he was around in the original Yeah, he was around in the first issue it's him, it was him that he kind of helped found the Avengers so yeah no it's that's been history since the beginning yeah and he's, you know, over the years he's been um, Bruce Banner's sidekick. He's been Captain America's sidekick. They even mentioned in this in this issue that he was Bucky for a while. Oh, and um, he was Captain, and he was Captain Marvel with uh, Captain with Marvel. Yeah, at one he, point. So he was the alter ego almost of Captain yep. Marvel, wasn't he? Because they they yeah, their wrists together, and he he would he would change places a lot like Thor used to do with Donald Blake. Um, and so he's exactly in, like, in later years he was a bomb he was like a he was a, a hulk character of his own um and so he's he's taken on different roles and i mean he, he he's a bit i don't know i don't at, at worst he's a bit of a wesley crusher isn't he he's like he's that kind of character that he's meant to be a, a viewpoint character but a lot of the fans end up kind of not liking that character a lot um but I, I have no strong feelings one way or another about about Rick Jones. He's there, and he you know I read I remember reading Avengers Forever, which is a big part of the Kurt Busiek mm-hmm. twelve part maxi series. That is oh, is really good. It's continuity porn basically, but it's really good. Oh yeah, it's big time um, continuity porn. The, the yeah. Avengers Forever is like the continuity porn of continuity porn. I mean, it is like <laughs> if you love continuity, Avengers Forever is like the best thing ever. Because and I loved it, and I still do. So yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I own that. I will own that to to forever. It's like yeah, and so Rick Jones is in that as well. But the way they set this up is is fantastic because Rick Jones is the ultimate optimist in this. And I don't know if that's always really been true of him, but he's always been the kind of the kid sidekick. Generally so here, yeah. So for him here to be kind of I believe in you, Cap, and I know that you know at all seriousness, this happens a lot. You know, don't worry about it. People turn evil. People die and come back to life. You know. Don't worry about it, Cap. You know, don't worry about it, Steve. We'll help you. It'll get. It'll all get better. And he's eternal optimist to the end, even to the point where he's he's attacked. He's tied up to a pole. He's at a firing squad, and they, you know, and he he says Avengers assemble because. And I don't know whether he's saying that uh, because he knows what's going to happen 
and he wants to still be that inspiring voice of hope right at the very end. Right, or right to the end. Yeah, or if he expects, he doesn't expect the worst to happen because the comics that he's always been in, he's been in life or death situations before and he's always been saved and he's always been rescued or he's always done the rescuing. So, you know, there's always been a positive outcome. Whereas obviously this is not that comic. You know, this is not that kind of story. Yes. And this is Nick Spencer turning around and saying, this is not that story. You know, if you think, even at the very beginning, he says, we've seen these stories before where everything changes and, you know, things will never be the same again. So it always surprises you when it's true. And in this element, it is true because is. they've just killed killed a, a character that is 50, 60 years old. And I feel a bit sorry for him because there's going to be a lot of people that just shrug at that because he's not he's not Iron Man. He's not Captain America. He's not a... a the lifeblood of current Marvel comics, but that it has an impact years. on that it has an impact on on because they were since Nick Spencer's been using him in his run as he's, he's, he's yeah, yeah as as a whisperer it's like Rick Jones has a strong has a strong connection to the Marvel universe so it's like this is yeah, a big deal yeah, this yeah, this yeah, was yeah, like so yeah it's so yeah, this is why so so pretty much to get this issue sort of like put a nice little bow on it is ultimately it's like issue like as we get further into it i mean we already pretty much know this is going to get much worse before it gets better i mean yeah, it's sort of like the resistance is the optimistic part of it the but there's <laughs> it's going to take off going to take a bit before it gets before we start seeing really the ultimate leeway as to yeah, how this will turn out and that's it like we talked last last episode about the idea of you know how much worse can it get well we've already seen this episode that we've already seen cap lift mjolnir high above his head mm -hmm. um, and we've seen the you know murder of a long-term long long long-term marvel character um so you know how much worse can it get i mean i did i did briefly mention there was um there was two things that disturbed me about this issue first was this rick jones and second was the scene with sharon carter because that was freaky it's Ooh. freaky because it, it it is it's it's domestic abuse it's the you know it's the, oh it the, is it's terrible it, it, it's blatant so it's, it's blatant and subtle at the same time obviously because he's not he's not physically beating her but you know she's she's beaten she's beaten down and she's having He's forcing her to have breakfast with him like nothing is wrong. And, you know, talking about how conflicted he is and, and you know, she's trying to reach out to him and say, This isn't this isn't you and he's kind of sighing at her and going, oh, It is me, you know. And it, it it's uncomfortable. It's one of the one of the most uncomfortable scenes I've ever kind of read in certainly in superhero comics anyway, because it is it kind of emphasizes this idea of Steve Rogers as a normal a normal person except he's he's not he's a monster you know he is he has become this this horrific being um and he's exposing sharon carter to kind of untold levels of kind of mental domestic abuse that is um is really uncomfortable and unsettling and it's a very it's a very uh effective scene in that regard i can see it I can see it being very triggering for people, and I can see it being very offensive to other people as well. Um, and you know, that my opinion is not to is not to like invalidate any of those opinions at all. Um, but you know, I found it a very un unsettling, disturbing, and kind of uh, affecting scene. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it, 
but it does work, and it is it does it is a horror it is a brutal scene to watch because it it's it is what you said it was it's domestic abuse it's terrible to uh it's like one of those things where you're like mm, I don't like reading this but it's like he's straight like well I'm still the old C right no you're not you're, yes you're Steve Rogers but in name only for the most part for and I don't know I I was just like it's gonna be but I definitely. I, it's like a weird way to kind of, but definitely a weird way to put a bow on this issue because, trust me, I get the feeling issue two and three are going to get really even more crazier from here. And yeah, yeah. we are, so, I don't know, man, it definitely was a wild. Yeah. You still there? Yeah, I'm still there. Um, I think yeah, I think it's it's a it's a wild ride. It's a kind of I've gone back and forth about it. I I think general overall summary is I think this is a really strong issue. I think it was oh, a it's really, really good issue. Yeah, I agree. Really good issue. Probably one of the best first issues in a, of an event I've read in a long time. Um, definitely love 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 the legacy characters. Love the next generation of heroes. Love how they're portrayed. Love their dynamic. I really want to see more of that. Um, and I love that this. It does kind of get back to a meat and potatoes, this is a superhero story kind of element. Generally speaking, do I want this from Marvel Comics? Do I do I want those that type of story? I definitely want. Do I want the type of story that has, you know, one of its biggest symbols being such a, a horrific creature? Uh, I, I don't know whether I do. Um, so no, I'm still not I don't think I... Could I ever do an event... Like I don't think I could ever do an event like this, like as it's as this as a long term thing. I'm glad as like mm-hmm. I couldn't do it as a long term thing. I mean, like after this is all said and done, would I want an event like this again? No. Um, this yeah. this was this has been a this was a little tough. I mean, this has been uh, between a little and a lot tough to deal with at times. Yeah, and I think the the kind of the the sweeping statement of. Of that that has been spouted by a few creators, including Nick Spencer, of you know, well, if you if you don't want to see conflict in your comics, then why are you reading comics? And I think that that oversimplifies a very little bit complex and and sensitive issue. And I and I I definitely sympathise with a lot of the the people saying that they don't they don't want this story. They do, and I do sympathise with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I for one, I I am. You know, I, I, have to, I have to say, reading this issue, I, re- I am really enjoying the story. I am really, I think it's done incredibly well. I think it's written very well. The pacing of that issue alone was was fantastic. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we've I think we've covered that quite well. I mean, what are your kind of final thoughts on that uh, on that issue? Really, my final thoughts are, it was it was what I guess I pretty much similar to yours. Is a very good first issue. It worked well. It. It really did do all it needed to do, and then some. And yeah, yeah. Really, it. You have to say it is well written. It's pretty, pretty good, dang good read. And I'm gonna be. I cannot imagine how this is gonna go from here. I can really not imagine how it's gonna go from here at this point. I think it's safe to say that it is entirely unpredictable. It is. 
but um, but yeah. So finally, then um, those are the two issues that we had to talk about this <coughs> this episode. Uh, our final um, word comes from um, Jose Cardenas, who's a fan of the show. Uh, he's emailed in, um, and we'll we'll go in if you want to email. You can uh, you can do. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, but he's emailed with some. I think there's some fantastic thoughts. There's some great points that he's raised. There's some um, ideas that I think we'll be um, discussing and going into further as the episodes go on, and we'll find out. We've got a few theories as well about where this is going. Uh, but I'll read out um, what he's written. Uh, he's put... Um, uh, he's fun listening to the podcast. Cannot wait to hear more in the future. Um, thank you very much for that. Uh, he's put, My opinion on Secret Empire's existence and controversy is basically the same as yours, especially with the current political climate and the really bad Marvel PR. But when it comes to the story itself, I'm really enjoying it. I like Steve Rogers as a villain and how the conflict is set up with the Dark Dimension New York prison and the Shield Barricade and Steve's Harriet fleet is interesting in the kind of stories you can tell in those particular situations. In my opinion, the best way you can look at this story is as a dystopian novel where you read it to see how bad things can get and how people can fight back in a society like this where fascism asserts itself through familiar and comforting imagery and feelings of safety. Mm. Um, which is which is a great way of looking at it, really. There's been thousands of kind of what-if stories or Elseworlds tales, um, and I think that's a good way of, of distancing yourself a little bit emotionally from it, is to kind of look and go, right, well, we know these things are going to go back to normal, but it's how how the fight back happens. Yeah, and... I I'm I just I really also Jose really appreciate your fan mail that was really neat that like yeah. I was cracking up I was like oh Jose I know him <laughs> <laughs> yeah I thought that and was he, really funny he goes on to talk about Marvel Legacy and the, the ideas that we've been just been touching on uh, he says he's iffy on the stuff from the prologue in issue zero and what it can imply so he's talking about the um, the idea that the cosmic cube was used in World War Two um, to kind of rewrite history. Mm -hmm. um, and he goes on to say but for all of his faults it is certain that at least Nick Spencer has an end game for how this story will end with all of the history changing which leads into the new Marvel Legacy rebirth so he goes on to say my personal theory about how Secret Empire ties into Marvel Legacy is that Kobik the cosmic cube that started the whole thing not only turns Cap back to normal but also kind of resets the Marvel Universe so that the focus is more on classic hope and happiness since Kobik's primary motivation throughout her entire life is making people happy, which leads to a bunch of old-school characters coming back and being prominent again. Uh, Kobik would essentially be the bizarro Dr. Manhattan of Marvel's <laughs> Reboot. I like that. Which I thought was genius. I thought that was really good. So she, she's basically the, the opposite version of Dr. Manhattan, kind of resetting the Marvel Universe, which, if, uh, if Jose is correct, then that's going to be... Uh, the reboot that Marvel has sworn they're never going to do, really, um, even if it's a kind of a soft reboot, a bit like the Secret Empire, uh, Secret Wars reboot, which is kind of, yes, the world is destroyed, but it's also been reset to this kind of uh, di slightly different world. Um, so I think that's quite an interesting point. I, I like, and I think I think it's going to be interesting. I I really have that much more to add to it outside of. There's a lot here, and I can't. And I get the feeling that we're going to see how eventually, when this when this sorts itself out, I, I actually see we're going to see a soft reboot. It would not shock me at all because when I saw Marvel Legs and I kind of saw how they're doing, I mean, yeah, they yeah. you can't really from what they're all doing here, they can't really fully go back into the normal Marvel universe at large after an event like this. No. So, and. 
I, I, and I, and I, and it's like, and I love, and I love he's like, I, I, he's like, and by the way, Jose, never be ashamed to go long-winded, my friend. Trust us. No. We, no, definitely. We, we are two people who are adept at the fine art of going longer than we attend at points. So well, we are now we're now over two hours into this podcast. We so did not realize we're two out. hours to this podcast. <laughs> we're not planning on that. No, but um, no. But and I, then um, the final thing Jose says, just to finish off his email, is um, is he has a theory about how this is all gonna, you know, he's got theories about how it's gonna all come to pass and how it's gonna um, gonna be. Uh, reset it almost um and some of this has already come true in uh, in issue one uh, he says um he thinks the large plot point for secret empire will be steve and some members of the resistance movement most likely tony stark um while characters like black widow and sam wilson lead an underground resistance which is you know which is it's basically has has been explored in yeah. Empire issue zero uh, tracking down the cosmic cube fragments across the globe while expanding the hydra empire so captain american can restore the world that was which brings in weirder stuff into the story like pym ultron the savage land and those weird tentacle ships so again we've seen the tentacle ships at the end of issue one so he's right about that mm-hmm. and this kind of concept of the uh, the big MacGuffin for Secret Empire being these cosmic cube fragments that the Resistance and Captain America are chasing down at the same time, and again that's kind of explored in issue one. Like Madame Hydra or Elisa says um, to Steve, you know, the the ultimate goal is to restore what we what we once had, which is which is with the cosmic cube. So that's definitely that's definitely where this story is going. So um, so yeah, as um, as Wes has said, thank you very much, Jose, for uh, for sending this. Much appreciated, man. Really appreciated. That's what we want to do. We want to reach out to um, the community, get this, get everyone talking about um, about this about this story, and get uh, get some opinions that are more over and above mine and Wes's. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get in touch uh, with the show, uh, you can get in touch with us uh, on uh, email, which is what Jose did at uh, it's that's the issue podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send that through to us. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I am at Matt Loon. Um, and Wes, where can I find you? You can find me on at Geeku Landed on Twitter as well. We are very receptive. Yeah. Trust us. Definitely. We, we yeah, will. Definitely. If you message us, you will you will get a response. So yeah. we are definitely happy to talk with about this with y'all. Um, and one thing we didn't do last uh, last episode is um, is talk about where you can find the work that we also do. Um, my um, predominantly, I do a lot of writing on Multiversity Comics. I do reviews for them, um, a few articles here and there. Um, I'm on uh, another podcast called uh, Super Comic Battle Wars, which is on Multiversity, um, which is uh, with a couple of others talking about um, reviewing the, the the new releases uh, for any given month. Um, and uh, what about you, Wes? Where can people find you? Can find me on Monkeys Fighting Robots, and after I do, after I do reviews, articles, and that's where you can find me all over the place there. Because likely, it's like it's one of the things where that's where pretty much you can find me all the time. And and I, I really, I, it's in, and it's going to pretty much Matt and I. It's it's kind of interesting. Matt and I met on one website on Rhymes of Geek, and we're both people from two different websites doing a podcast like this and it's kind of like i kind of call it the ultimate like connective i i always tell people comics comics internet is very connected this is one of those examples where comics internet kind of has these connections that everyone right at the end of the day we're all in this together no matter what site you're right for and no matter 
where you're at we're all fans of this stuff man and it's a small world it's a, it's very a small, small world and you make a lot of friends along the way so the, um, and it, i agree the um the show notes uh, for this episode will be up on uh, awesomesourcecomics.com which is my blog that's kind of infrequently updated but you can find that there uh, you can find us on any uh, podcast app um, that you want we're on soundcloud uh, we're on stitcher we're on uh, podbean we are on um what else are we on we're on itunes um we're on itunes yeah, leave a rating. Like us, um, definitely leave us a rating. Uh, I think every podcast tells you to do that. But if you leave a review and a rating, uh, it really does help us. Um, so it take uh, take a couple of minutes of your time uh, to leave us a review, hopefully positive, um, and um, and get us on there. Like and subscribe us, share us, retweet us, uh, do all that awesome stuff to reach out as many people as possible, and definitely get in touch with us. But um, but I think that's going to do it for this over to our podcast. Apologies, we went over. There was a lot to talk about. A lot, way, way more than I imagined. I thought, oh, this is only yeah. going to be like maybe an hour, hour and a half to to something hours later. Wow, we really did have a lot to get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't actually know what the next issues coming out are going to be. Um, I know that um, there are quite a lot more tie-ins that are going to be coming out, um, and I don't know what our schedule is going to be for this um, podcast. Whether we do it once a week, uh, whether we do it uh, once every two weeks, and just kind of recap and sum up everything that has come out so far. I don't. We know. could do either way. I mean, it works out well for either of us. Like, like one once a week, twice, but. All I can say is Secret Empire. I think I get the feeling these uh, this is go- this is going to get more detailed from here as this series goes on because it's like, like and trying to keep like even this is like two hours and I'm like, good lord, there's still more we could dive into. But it's like I think we would oh, go exactly. nuts if we start doing yeah, if we start doing yeah. three hours every podcast Secret Empire. I think Matt and I would just be going mental by the end of it all. Uh, like, yeah. ah, once a week, which would just be absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are a lot of a lot of Secret Empire tie-ins coming up. There's Secret Warriors, which is a new uh, Inhumans story. Uh, I'm just looking through the spotlight issue now. There's Secret Empire Uprising, which we've talked about. Um, there's US Avengers number six, uh, which looks Paco Medina's art looks absolutely fantastic. He does a double-page spread in the preview um, that is the battle uh, above the cosmic battle with the Chitari, and it's absolutely fantastic. Um, there's also Sam Wilson, Captain America, and Captain America Steve Rogers, obviously. Deadpool 31, which we'll be talking about. Doctor Strange 21. Um, Mighty Captain Marvel, Ultimates, and more than likely, absolutely every other issue of, uh, of Marvel Comics that's coming up. But um, mm. but for now, we will uh, bid you goodbye, and we will talk to you again very soon. Um, any final words, Wes? That, I... We've covered it pretty much, but <laughs> thank y'all. I'll say this. Thank y'all for listening. It means a lot, and thank you all for basically, definitely enjoying our little our little examination to this crazy little event. Because trust me, I was like I said, I was expecting to get yelled at. <laughs> I got, I, I, and now it's like turned into this really fun little podcast. I'm like, this is really cool. I like it. At the end of the day, it's just been, it's turned out to be from this crazy little experiment to us going, yeah, let's do this podcast. Oh, this is actually really getting to be a lot of fun. So, thanks, y'all. Thank you very much, and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. See you next time. Excellent.